Hi, I'm Gary Brown. I draw The Massive and Catwoman. Uh, you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> bit of blowback on that first one that's okay it's not your fault it's never your fault Dave. not you too sean not you too it's not your fault are you samwise no it's from uh goodwill hunting ah not a favorite movie really yeah, yeah really cool. gets me in the feels sometimes the feels the feels them feels uh, I hope you're all uh, settled in nice and snug because it's probably going to be a long one. Longer than usual, at least. I know, but hey, this is the fun one. It is right? Fun. Yep. No show notes, so we don't want to spoil anything. Complete relaxation. You're right with that, man. I'm very much all right. He's, uh, he's a little verklempt. I am? Because no show This is going to take some getting used to because I... I'm not used to being able to. I'm not. I'm not used to being able to being able to hear myself as much as I'm hearing myself right now. You shouldn't hear yourself at all. For real? Huh? Well, I can. Well, maybe if I only take one ear out. Oh, that's better. Okay. That's much better. Just the tip. <laughs> Tip's wet now. It's all done. <laughs> because this is Eleven O'clock Comics, Episode Three Hundred and Fifty One. Dinkle, Oh my God! He's drunk, this and is... I am. No, yeah. face it. You're, you're drunk. Done. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B, and apparently I'm drunk, and, and I'm also David A. Price. You are David A. Price, although you look just like Tina Fey, which is fitting because I'm Amy Poehler. Oh, boy. No, you're not. You're much better looking. I am, and, but and funny. not as funny. No, I'm not as funny. Sure you are. In bed. No, you're not Amy Poehler. You're Jason Wood in the house for this, the big deal of the year it's the 11 o'clockers everybody where we run down our favorite books from the past 12 months and uh serve them up to you and you can get mad at us that's how it works right that's right a little bit of change of plans this year why don't you tell them about it jason well usually at, at during this show we provide uh each of us take our time to offer up our picks for our favorites in each category and then we also have a community vote where generally people uh give us their votes and i tally them up and then we take the majority winner and we also talk about the runners up and as regular listeners know unfortunately due to circumstances that i fully take the blame for uh the logistics on that front didn't work out this year so this year and only this year it will be the david vince and jason show and uh, the users will hopefully as they always do uh, contribute their own thoughts, agreements, agreements, disagreements, uh, addendums, as you will, on both our uh, forum, which is where, David? 11o'clockcomics.com slash forum. Nice. And also, if you so prefer, because it seems some do, you can go to our Facebook group, also 11 O'Clock Comics, and have your conversation there. But apologies again. This year, it's going to be uh, just us, but uh, we'll be back strong with the community vote next year for sure for reals you know who else is coming on strong every single month i do the discount comic book. yes the merklers discount comic book service dcbservice.com where you and all your friends and family can get comic books really really inexpensively such as from dynamite they're giving it another shot from the pages of project superpowers it's black cross number one 
Warren Ellis is writing it. Colton Worley's drawing it. Jay Lee's doing covers. And the price on these, uh, this book is $3.99, but that's not what you're going to pay at DCBS. You are going to be able to take it home for $1.99. From Dark Horse, the Mignolaverse is um, expanding a little bit more to include the Frankenstein monster. This is a five-issue miniseries written by Mignola. Artist is Ben Stenbeck, who we all know from Baltimore. Uh, Mike's doing the covers. Three fifty cover price, which is not bad, but your price is half that. A dollar seventy-five, and the big Kahuna for this month. Do not leave home without it. It's the Secret Wars Battle World box set slipcase hardcover. That's a lot of words, a lot of books. Eleven hardcovers. Cover price two. No, cover price is five hundred clams. But thanks to the benevolence of the Merklers, you will be able to bring this home for two hundred and fifty dollars. That's $150 less less than Amazon. That's crazy. It's insane. If you want this set, there's only one place to get it, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Go there. Just because I said so. Do it. You know this. Right. Okay, let's do the drink and roll call and hit the ground running because I'm interested to see what y'all picked. I have no idea what you chose. (laughs) Not at all. None. None. Uh, what are you drinking, Vince? Well, considering it's a special occasion, I'm drinking Celebration Fresh Hop IPA by Sierra Nevada. Oh, that was by cool in the game. No, good times. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Boo? Oh, right at the beginning of the show, you gotta bring me down. <laughs> I am drinking, and by the way, just please tell, I'm very paranoid about this new audio setup, so if for some reason I've Change the microphone or shift it and it's bad audio, let me know. But. Oh, you'll know. <laughs> I am drinking Bogle Vineyards Essential Red from 2012. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a mix. It's a drinking red and I just had the first sip of it ever and it's delicious. So that's B-O-G-L-E Vineyards 2012 California Essential Red. Nice. I will keep a lookout. Uh, well, since Vince already, um, put all my business out in the streets, yeah, I had a, um, I had some, <laughs> that's what I, that is, that's what I that's do. What you do. Uh, I had some bullet before dinner, um, <laughs> which was kind of appropriate considering when I had some recently and, um, and tonight's show. Uh, but right now I am enjoying some of the old standby Redwood Creek Merlot. Merlot. A lot of Merlot. He's having a Merlot of that from the sound of it. For real. And for those of you who don't know, we are all rocking the Yeti microphones. Mm. That's why we all sound all big boys. Yes, yes. No headset BS on this show. We're all using some variation of the blue Yeti microphones. So fresh and so clean. Yes, that's awesome. Can I just say how much I love this episode every year? I know you do. I know. Well, it's your baby. You you put it together. You're the puppet master on this one. I'm good for so I'm I'm good for one fifty second of our annual entertainment. It's more than Mr. Price. Every fucking week, bitch. Don't even Wow. Oh, see, now he's all up in my Damn. Grill. Pointing at my chest. Nah, I'm just kidding. But you did less this year than you have in past years. So that's okay, it evens out. Wait, what? Right? Wow, you're just taking hey. shots. I'm not. Seriously? I'm not. Let's let's do this. Let's, a good let's, time, feel good episode. Yeah, I'm feeling great. It right. It is the best episode of the year. You know why? 
because we're going to get into it right now. Nice. What's first? What's first category? The first category is the biggest news of the year, and um, and this was this was fun because uh, there were a few things to uh, to think about, and um, jokingly, my, my biggest news happened a few weeks ago, and that was. Um, me getting Green Lantern number 40, but honestly, I think I would have to say, um, I, I think it is, um, Marvel's phase three with, with the announcement of the, of their movies coming out, uh, within the next few years and, uh, just characters I really didn't expect to see on the big screen, uh, but getting some, um, getting some love front and center. I, um, I was also, Toying with, with some other things. I, I'm really looking forward to DC's convergence. Um, I, I'm looking forward to what Hickman has planned with, with Secret Wars and, and most recently there was, um, Wade and Staples being announced, uh, rebooting Archie. But I, I really do think that when I think about some of what was announced this in, in 2014 and, and what I can look forward to because of it, it would be, um, what Marvel has planned for, for their movies. That's a good choice. Is it also your choice, Vince? No. No, it's not. Um, I toyed with a lot of things for this category. I was going to say Secret Wars because that's big news to me. Um, I, I had an idea of maybe going with the uh, IDW scooping up Top Cow. Um, top Shelf? Top Shelf, nice. yes. Yeah. Top Cow would not have been <laughs> as no, good a deal. No. Uh, <laughs> But I kept it personal. I, I rarely take the personal route, but I was there when it happened. I was on the ground floor with him, so to speak. And I went with the biggest news of the year. <laughs> such a fool. Mr. David A. Price starting and finishing a color jam piece at one convention. Yeah, yeah. That's in, that's insane. It's nuts. And I'm I'm so I'm so proud of him for doing it because I mean David goes in whole hog and he got it done and it's beautiful and it was a, it was a thing to see. The enthusiasm just kept mounting as each piece was finished, each section was finished. And he was all oh, marveling over it. Then he'd get another one and it would complement the ones he already had there. It's just a great piece. He was so happy. I was happy to see him happy. My color changed. I didn't even do anything. <laughs> my color said, uh, the, uh, he was happy. It was just an amazing experience. So yeah, um, little bit of nepotism, but so what? I wanted David to have this one because he deserves it's it. Nice, nice. Yeah. For me, I'm going a little bit less personal. Gonna go a little broader. Uh, I just, I characterize it as the health of the industry. Uh, you know, I was thinking as we were doing these awards, just kind of reminiscing about all our years doing the show now, and it wasn't that long ago, it feels like it, but it wasn't that long ago that there was a fairly constant undertone of, um, worry or stress about the industry. And, ah. and I think that, um, you know, we're long past that, it feels like. The digital comics have clearly turned out to be uh, an additive thing. You know, they're, they're not putting paper comics out of business. They're not putting stores out of business. It's generating new readers and new revenue. Uh, print comic sales have, are the best they've been in over a decade. Uh, you know, digital comics are growing far faster than anyone would have thought possible. Uh, as we know, you've got comics and, and comics companies have more importance from a total pop culture uh, aspect than they've maybe ever had, but certainly in our lifetimes. 
uh, the, creatively they're at the epicenter of, of, of Hollywood, whether it be television, uh, or movies. So that's super exciting. Um, so yeah, I just feel like everybody's in a good place. The independent comics model is working out. People are making real, uh, real money. I mean, you know, people making good, good livings with, with the creator and books. Um, that's, that's figured itself out. And again, not at the expense of, of the big publishers. So I just feel like it's a good time for the, for the business. And, uh, since it's a cyclical business, I'm sure there'll be another down cycle. But in the meantime, let's, uh, let's enjoy the up cycle. For real. That's a very well thought out answer, Jason. Yeah. I'm not surprised. There you go. Yeah. So it looks like it's up to me to bring my choice for the favorite comic related non-comic item. My instinct told me Guardians of the Galaxy, but my heart went with Yodorowsky's Dune. It's a good one. Doc- documentary because there is a strong comic book connection with that film. Not only does Jodorowsky himself make comics with uh, various and sundry artists, but Mobius is in there. Uh, Chris Foss. There's a number of artists profiled uh, in the movie with their their work. Giger's in it. Well, of course, Giger. Yeah, it's just a treatise on the artistic process, the the lengths that one madman will go to not make a movie. And the the, uh, the Bible that he constructed is a thing of beauty, and I hope somebody picks it up someday to, to uh, reproduce it. It's just an amazing film on the the uh, the drive and the, the uh, he's a a man possessed, Mr. Yodorowsky, and he makes brilliant art. Uh, and I just thought that the uh, the whole um, investigation into the the history of this greatest movie never made was fascinating. So that's what I went with. That's a great choice. I love that documentary yeah. so much. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. This was a tough one this year. Um, I guess it, each, each year it, there's always choices, but I felt like this year there were so many things that I genuinely loved. Um, the, the DC shows, uh, especially the flash, I think are awesome. Um, I think Marvel agents of shield is, is, is definitely rounded into itself. This, this, you know, at the tail end of last season and then this season again. Gotham is terrific, I think. Um, but I didn't go that route. And then certainly the Marvel movies continue to amaze. Uh, you know, Captain America was ridiculously great and almost was the pick. And then I almost went personal here because, uh, you know, my youngest is five and for Christmas he got the Lego Marvel Batman three game, which is really a DC universe game you get to play hundreds of different dc characters heroes and villains and he and i've been playing that uh a couple times a week just a little daddy time and it's been so much fun because it's a game where a five-year-old can play it you know without much problem because you really don't die if if you just kind of keep regenerating but when the dust settled i had to go with the one that vince alluded to is almost picking and that's guardians of the galaxy um it was my favorite superhero thing this year and to me it was exciting because while we certainly were fans of the characters going into this this i think is fair to say was the first true risk that marvel took from an ip standpoint with all their films um you know sure iron man and thor weren't necessarily household names but plenty of people visually and conceptually knew that the characters existed but the vast majority of our friends and family that didn't read comics didn't know who Rocket Raccoon or Groot were or Star-Lord going into this film. And they took a chance on it, and not only did it work, but it ended up being the the top-grossing film 
worldwide this year, period. It was the biggest film of the year. So that's crazy. That's crazy awesome. And, uh, so, uh, my, my choice is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they know now. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, um, like the ones you guys mentioned already, um, were my honorable mentions. I had, um, I had the flash because I thought it, it just out of the gate. It just, no pun intended, hit the ground running. And, and a lot of that is because of what, because of the groundwork that Arrow had, um, put down before to set you up with this world. And there was the tie in last season introducing Barry and, and his, um, his world. But, uh, I did go with, Guardians of the Galaxy, not just the movie itself, although we did see it opening weekend, which is rare for me and, and, uh, and Renee enjoyed it a lot. But seeing these characters who, like I said earlier with, with what Marvel has planned, just, just seeing, seeing Rocket Raccoon on the big screen and, um, it, it just, it was, it was different than seeing Iron Man and, and Thor. And, uh, it, it, it was one of those things where we knew who these characters were, but, uh, to see others embrace them. But I, what really stood out to me this year with, with the Guardians of the Galaxy was that, uh, that Marvel set up a private screening in, uh, for Bill Mantlo and, um, and his brother and sister-in-law and, and they played the movie for him in, in his, uh, in his room and, seeing his reaction to seeing some of the characters he helped um work on and, and and build was uh was something else entirely and 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 that i mean because it's yeah it's, you know you see jim starlin give it a big thumbs up because you know hey thanos is in it and 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 that's great and all and and you know you really don't jim starlin doesn't look like the kind of guy you really want to piss off to begin with but when you have someone like bill mantlo who is who uh, whose luck could be better, sadly. Uh, but, but for Marvel to, to just bring the movie to him and, and have him play it was, uh, was something special to me. So that as, as much as I enjoyed watching the movie myself and, and seeing it, um, finding out that Bill Mantlo also got to see it and, and that he was so happy about what he had seen was, uh, was something special. Oh, you got the feels going. I did, yeah. Yeah, I really did. I did. It's, it's just that kind of, I need it after today, but yeah. Nice. I'll give you some feels. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so our third category is favorite new to me. And for first time O'Closker's listeners, what we mean by that is this is a category where we, uh, I, I don't know that I'd put a percentage on it, but a good chunk of what we talk about in a given year is stuff that came out at other times. Sometimes it's 25 years ago. Sometimes it's the year before, but we're not beholden to just talking about the stuff that's on the shelves. And so this is a way to recognize something that we first experienced this year, but didn't come out for the first time this year, if that makes sense. So uh, I am leading off this category and I was really torn between two things. Um, my initial thought was to go with uh, David Lapham's stray bullets Um which I adored this year and we got the big oversized collection of all of his work as well as a relaunch of the, of the ongoing this year, thanks to image. Uh, and then I just, I last, the last minute changed it because I looked through all the things that I ordered over the year, thanks to our good friends at TCB service. And I had forgotten that something uh, came out this year 
And then I realized that Stray Bullets actually, although this is when I first consumed the vast majority of it, I had read one or two uh, uh, random Stray Bullets stories over the years. So I threw that out, no condemnation, though, of the quality of it, certainly. And instead, I chose Mr. James Stokoe's Wonton Soup. Uh, Oni was awesome enough to take uh, Stokoe's 2007 and 2009 miniseries and put them in a great uh, little collected omnibus this year. And it was such an exciting... Uh, unique story. Um, it's essentially a giant space trucker odyssey about cooking. And it's as crazy as that sounds and was awesome. And we talked about it at great length when it, when it did come out. And, uh, so that's my choice for my favorite new to me in 2014. That's a great choice. I didn't know they combined both of them into one volume. Yes. I just, I just thought they rep- reprinted the two. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Good for you. Oh man, uh, I, um, yeah, I, I, I do read, I, I never am current on a lot of things, but, uh, and this may help me cheat for, for a while, uh, because I did a while ago purchase, um, the mega bundle, the Hellboy mega bundle from Dark Horse Digital. Um, and I'm slowly reading through different, different arcs, trying to read them in order. Uh, but, uh, this year, recently, a few months ago, I read Wake the Devil, which kind of showed me that, uh, the Hellboy universe has their share of red shirts. And, and it's, it's crazy how different, but the same, uh, the comic is to the movie. And, you know, it's, I, I have read an issue, so I'm, I'm cheating in, in Jason's sense where he did with, with Stray Bullets and, took it off the table, but I, um, whereas I've read some Hellboy here and there, I, I never really consciously sat down and, and read through arcs and, and, um, in blocks at a time. But I thought Wake the Devil was, it, it touched a little bit on it, or it was the first movie borrowed from this story, uh, a little bit, but the, uh, seeing things, I, I guess now I really want to see how, how things play into future Hellboy stories. And, and I, I'm getting a kick out of how the, uh, the different chapters are, well, after you're done with an arc, they're not linear. You know, you can, you can now jump back a decade or two to, to read the next one. And, uh, so there is no set reading schedule, but overall, uh, Hellboy is still something that I think other people should be trying if, if you haven't, um, I, I thought about Mystery Society, which looked great, was a fun book, uh, and also, um, Kevin Mellon's Suicide Sisters, which was a lot of fun, although short, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I am slow to really getting on the, the, the Hellboy train, but it's, uh, it's something that you really can't shake once you do start to, uh, wade in those waters and, and I, I'm not upset that I'm dragging my feet on it, but I'm, I'm glad that there's so much out there where I can take my time and, and really take my time with, 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 uh, immersing myself in, in this world. But yeah, that, that, that would probably be my favorite new to me for this year. My favorite new to me reminded me just how good this, uh, powerhouse team of creators, uh, is. And if you 
are taking notes, you will see or hear that this is not the last instance these creators are going to pop up on my list here. Uh, I think it came out in 2013, and I was late to the party. I got the deluxe hardcover uh, collection, which I believe um, scoops the first two trades. It's by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and it's Fatal. And I hate myself for getting to it so late because I could have been enjoying it on a monthly basis. Uh, but I, I, I rectified my mistake, consumed this hardcover, and I was like, damn, I miss the Brubaker Phillips team. <laughs> I, I really do because, um, in the, the annals of, uh, you know, great creators, they are up the top. They're, they're, they're close to the top. I don't, you, you drop down all the famous duos that have produced comics, and I think that the, this duo can, can hold their own with, the best of the best. Um, I don't want to get too into it because, like I said, you're going to hear these names again. But uh, my favorite new to me is uh, Fatal. I have to respect it because you are late to the game. <laughs> yeah, but very late to the but, game. But, you know, it's, it's hmm, you know, Brubaker and Phillips, it, you, I, I, I wonder if maybe we take them for granted because the way you frame that, I can't argue with. They are I, one of the I, best, I, but I, I do think we get a little lulled to sleep by how consistently great they are. That's the thing. They're so good, so consistently, you take it for granted. You, look at the fade out. That is a breathtaking book, and it's just like more of the same. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't really stretch. They don't have to stretch when they're that good. They're already in the zone, you know? So I, I, I have enormous respect for the ability of these two creators. Nice. Yep. Yep. As you'll see. Nice. Foreshadowing. Love it. <laughs> David, with our new category. Yeah, this is a pretty funky category. Uh, this is the breakout performers of 2015. Basically, and, and this, yeah, this is a surprise to the listeners. Um, there are, my reason for thinking about this category is in the past couple of months, um, and this also happened last year with the end of 2013 leading into 2014, you, you tend to read a couple of things towards the end of the year, and of course they're fresh in our mind now, but you only get an issue or two. And I can't really say, oh, okay, well, um, you know, Tooth and Claw is one of my favorites of, of 2014 for a particular category. We've had an issue and or two, depending on when you read the second issue. Um, so it doesn't really count. It may count for this year, but it doesn't... I can't in good conscience vote for it in in for the 2014 ballot. So I, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the character, the creators who, um, we think could have a really good year in, uh, in 2015. And some of the, uh, some of the creators that I thought about, um, James Heron, who of course we're, we're enjoying, uh, immensely. And, and, um, I really hope we get to see more of, of, uh, of his work from Image this year, I I have to say, um, Jason Latour. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, well, I based on the first issue, well, or the the Edge of Spider Verse miniseries, but based on Spider Gwen's introduction, I am really looking forward to 
the upcoming series. And of course, he's kicking so much ass with Jason Aaron on Southern Bastards. Um, and this one's kind of a, kind of a cheat because he's, he's done fantastic work in the past. And that's the other thing. This isn't necessarily a young gun or a rookie. This is somebody who's been around for a while, just has something, uh, planned for this year that may really, um, excite you. But, uh, Carrie Andrews, who, he did the whole covers. He he's done. Uh, he he did Spider Man Rain, and right now he is doing some fantastic work with Iron Fist, the Living Weapon. I think that is some of the it. It's different than what Fraction and Brubaker were doing with Immortal Iron Fist, but it uh, if you are a old Chris Claremont, John Byrne Iron Fist fan, I think you will enjoy this series. It's um, it looks great. It's, uh, he is taking Danny down to the bear. He is just grinding him and building him back up, which is, is kind of needed with, with, with the heroic story from time to time. But this is, uh, we're getting some, some info on, on the origin and his parents and, and things that were happening when they were first looking for Kandalon. It, it's just been crazy. Uh, the first arc was nuts and, and the second one, which I've recently started, uh, is more of the same, but I, I think it's been some fantastic stuff. So those are just a couple of the guys that, um, that I thought about. You guys have some of the same ones I thought about, so I'm going to let you guys take it away. But yeah, I, I'm glad to see this, uh, this category added because we also get to shout out a few people who wouldn't probably make it on the list otherwise. And, and I can find nothing on your list with which to argue. They're all great names. Some of them I have on my list too, such as Nick Klein yeah. uh, from Images Drifter. He's amazing. Uh, I think uh, Alexi Zirit is going to blow up with uh, Space Riders for Black Mask coming out uh, very soon. I have the obvious choice. We're talking Breakout, Robbie Rodriguez. Aye. Yeah. The what what character was was mentioned uh, the most in 2015? Chances are good it was Spider Gwen. Yeah, I mean that that just caught on like wildfire. Um, I also have Archam Trakanov from um, Undertow, who I think is an immense talent. I this that, that's more like a hope than a breakout because while I don't think Undertow sold you know gangbusters. It, it was a revolution in terms of art. I think he's fantastic. And uh, my hopes are he gets on something in 2015 that really uh, brings his uh, ability to uh, a lot of eyeballs because I think the man is massive. He's great. Um, that's, uh, let's see, that's about it on my list. And, of course, I concur with everything that you guys have mentioned. Uh, and for me, this is, um, since we agreed we could do more than one, it kind of opened the floodgates. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I'm just going to shout out some people that, that came to mind, uh, on the writing side. Um, and, and I'm probably saying the name wrong cause I've heard it said like five different ways in times I've heard other people say it. So if, if anyone knows the proper pronunciation and, or if he listens, uh, apologies if I get it wrong, but, uh, but M- Michelle FIFA, um, I think is, uh, you know, Came onto the scene a little bit this year, um, but I think he's starting to get some some Marvel work and has some more uh, higher profile stuff of his own coming out this year. And I think 
from a writer standpoint, he's my pick to be the the next big industry writer, the guy that that starts being a household name a year or two from now. Um, on the art front, uh, Aaron Conley again, no surprise. Every, everybody that listens to the show knows how much I, I love his work and, and Sabretooth Swordsman. Uh, but you know, again, we'll like Vince said, we'll some of these guys. We love their work, but they're going to get a chance to do higher profile work now as a result, and thus they will be well known. Eric Donovan, who you guys have praised because of his work in Mimetic, um, David and I met him at Heroes, and uh, I love his stuff, and it's great to see him starting to get some some run. Uh, Andy uh, Belanger, who is uh, uh, as much yeah. a wrestling mark as he is a comics guy, has uh, a, a book coming out as part of the 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 new Image. Uh, group he was his book was uh, was highlighted at Image Expo. Uh, Vanessa Del Rey, who of all of the pieces of original art uh, I acquired this year, I would say uh, Vanessa's Domino commission that she did for me probably got as much attention on social media and comic art fans as anything. Um, and uh, and and I know for sure that we're going to see her doing more and more uh, interiors this year. Uh, Corey Smith, who definitely listens to the show, so what's up, Corey? Uh, killing it on Valiant, and I think uh, only beyond the bigger and better things. He's he's got that classic superhero style that uh, evokes to me a, a modern Buscema. And you guys know that anyone that that, that strikes me as a Buscema, uh, uh, you know, uh, family tree person is 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 awesome. Uh, Andrew McLean, uh, another more of an indie guy. His style is very distinctive, big thick lines. Very cartoony, uh, with, uh, kind of long linear look, but, but love his stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, he's for, to this point, mostly done pinups and stuff via his, his creator and Kickstarter work, but, uh, he too will have a, uh, a, a big book coming out this year. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, another guy that, uh, I don't know personally yet. We haven't had the chance to meet him, but, uh, but, but started to get a bit of a break here late in the year. And, uh, and I think just based on his talent, and how humble he is, and, and also the fact that he's got a lot of sponsorship in terms of big name artists who love his work. I think he's going to get, uh, he'll be a household name by this time next year. Yeah, he's so yeah. good. Yeah. And last yeah. but not least, another listener and friend of the show, Mr. Greg Smallwood, who, yeah. yes. uh, you know, almost didn't make the list simply because he took over Moon Knight for Declan. And, uh, and, and by the way, I mean, this was probably, a, a Apropos of nothing, but this was, this was, we've been fans of Declan's for a, a many, many years, but, but this was the year I think where Declan, I noticed he made a lot of people's best artist list this year because of Moon Knight. And Greg had the unenviable task of following up on Declan and, and then Warren Ellis's run, but I think he did a great job and, uh, and, and he's got the chops and the work ethic. And I think that, uh, again, he'll, he'll get put on a book. Somewhere this year that will make him a person who people are going to be like, where's this guy been all my life? So those are my picks for breakout performers of 2015. Nice. nice. I think we have nice, nice spread there. That's what she said. Uh, next up, I, I get the uh, honor of uh, telling you my favorite digital first or web comic. And since I read very few uh, web comics. In fact, I only read one. And that's the one I went with. But it is well deserved because, uh, as far as this, uh, franchise is concerned, I think the web comic, at least in 2015, did what the print version did not. Uh, in fact, it's pretty much, it's very close to the best story ever told in this franchise. 
Uh, it's written by Cy Spurrier, and it was drawn by Javier Bereno and Fernando Melick. And I am talking about Crossed, Wish You Were Here. What a great story. It was amazing. And it's, I think it's actually the longest cross story, too. Um, but the characters were so much more vivid than the ones uh, in uh, Cross Badlands. Uh, and the story is uh, its extremely unsettling. But um, that is the only webcomic I read. So I went with that. So don't take it as, well, it's the only one he <laughs> went with. So he had to go with that one. No, it's it's deserving. It's re- In fact, that's why it's the only webcomic I read. Because I couldn't not read it. I, it kept me coming back every week. Aww. And I don't do that. I don't do it. There you go. Uh, uh, okay, props, props. Um, I almost went with Kinski. Nice. Because it's, uh, it will, number one, it's awesome. Uh, Number two, Gabriel is uh, a friend and it's a a labor of love, a true passion project. But I didn't go with it because the vast majority of Kinski came out last year, or rather 2013, finished up in, in, in 14 and the, um, the the printed version came out this year uh, 14 as well so uh and I, we've shouted out the book plenty so i went with uh another book which clearly needed some attention because the creators are still, still trying to make a name for themselves <laughs> and that is uh the private eye which uh yes. is is of course Brian K Vaughn and Marcos Martin uh with uh, a little help from Munsta Vincente it is there uh, it's, it's their digital comic. They call it the uh, digital comic book. It's, it's not a web comic in the classic sense. Um, it's a, it's a DRM free digital comic that they swear will never be printed on paper. Uh, they've put out nine issues and it's just a blast. We've talked about the book a couple times when issues have hit. Uh, you know, you, you name your price. Um, it's just interesting on both the delivery mechanism and, and, and of course the comic itself is fantastic. So, uh, yep. So that's my choice. The Private Eye by Vaughn, Martin, and Vincente. Nice. Uh, well, to no surprise, I, mine was blank for most of the week only because it, it was close to being Private Eye. Um, this, this story is, is just about wrapped up. It has been fantastic. Um, but as, has, as it's been for the past few years and probably since, the inception of, of the 11 of Klaskers. Um, it's still for me, Menage 3. Like Vince, it is one, probably the only web strip that, that I continually read. Um, I, I, it's not, it's the only one I, I make time to read. There are others that I'll catch up on, like, uh, public education, um, and any other strips for stuff by, by the O'Briens. Uh, there's, um, of course, Love Kinski, as you mentioned already, Jason. But, uh, no, I mean, with, with, with the cast of characters that, that, um, Giselle and, uh, Dave have created and, and the strip keeps, there are new characters and, and it's, it's the usual four panel layout, but, um, Giselle loves to tweak it so that she'll fit as much as possible, um, each, during each strip and, and it's, it still looks amazing. It's still, um, erotic as hell. There's still some sexy characters in this, in this trip. And, um, I, I love reading it. It, it's, it is a, it's a favorite. It's, you know, it, it just reminds me of 
well, not particularly the subject matter, but when I would get the newspaper from my dad and, and I would read the, the, the comic strips in, in the daily news or, or, or the local paper. And, um, it just kind of gives me that feeling as, as I, as I read it a few times a week. So that is to the surprise of no one, my pick again this year. Love it. I do. I really do. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So category number six is our favorite single issue or one shot. One of the trickier ones, right? Because yeah, it's, we do read a lot of comics over the course of the year. And this is definitely one where in an ideal world, I would keep a running list of, of, of single issues that really hit home for me and just, as I read something, if it really knocks my socks off and I just go back to my list and if it, if it overtakes the one that's on the top, so be it. If not, it doesn't, but inevitably procrastination sets in. And so I'm left to then go back and ponder what exactly made its mark in a singular fashion versus perhaps in a longer form of a mini series or an ongoing. And, uh, I would say though that this year was, was the easiest I've ever had with this category because I saw the category, the first idea that popped into my mind is the one I stuck with because I couldn't, even as I compiled a list of things that I read and talked about over the year, nothing seemed to resonate with me the way that this did. And uh, it's ironic because I'm probably the least of the three of us. I'm the least Spider-Man-centric of the three of us. And yet I am the one shouting out Edge of Spider-Verse number two. Nice. Wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, it is... uh, Spider-Verse has been great so far. And... It, this was, um, our first introduction to Spider-Gwen. And from, uh, it's, it's putting aside the hype of the fact that this character came out of nowhere and almost immediately captured the imaginations of cosplayers. And you saw amazing pieces of, 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 of pinup art from lots of other creators at the idea because they love the design. And it was so popular out of the gates that Marvel greenlit it for an ongoing series starting this year uh, after one issue. And, and that speaks to the way that this character resonated. But um, but I putting all that aside, I just speaking personally, I thought it was awesome. It was the issue itself was fun and action packed, energetic and gave me that same sense of wonderment that I used to get as a kid when I would read a character for the first time and think this is a character that I want to read more of. I don't know what it is about uh, Jason Latour's writing and Robbie Rodriguez's art that managed to drill right into that childhood portion of my heart that I haven't touched in comics very often as I've gotten older, but they did. And, uh, and I have to congratulate them and tip my cap to them. So my favorite one shot or single issue was edge of spider verse number two, spider Gwen. That is awesome. Um, I had for a while, um, and I, I kind of changed it because I think this series, these creators, but this series will get some love as the night goes on. But, um, I originally had East of West, the world, um, but I changed it most recently because when I was thinking about, um, that one issue that kind of did leave an impression. And at first it wasn't. A very, um, because it's, it's, it's a world that I'm not, I really don't want to read too much about, but I, I ended up going with the, um, Archer and Armstrong, the 1%. Um, after discussing nice. it on the show with you guys, it, it's, uh, it, it ended, um, 
well, kind of open ended, but it it um it it's set up so that you're not going to get hit over the head with it every month. I'm glad it's not an ongoing. It's it, it's probably something that would um wear a little thin for me at least if it were an ongoing. Uh the characters the character someone who I don't like and I'm not supposed to and and it just but it it looked great. Um I thought that uh being a fan of this version of Archer and Armstrong as well as the original but but with what Van Lenty was doing with with the ongoing uh and having it tie in to this book, um, not that, you know, Archer and Armstrong appear or anything, it's just in that world, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those, it, it was a, uh, a single issue that, that really kind of, uh, that made an impression on me. So, uh, it, cause I did think about it after a while and it, and like I said at first, I was kind of dismissive, but after dwelling on it, I, uh, it, it, there was more to it than just, what I saw initially without just looking at it on the surface. And when, when, once I sat down, read it and, and, and saw what was going on, it, it made a lot more sense to me. So yeah, that, that's what I went with. Hmm. That's interesting. Is it? Yes. Because the book that wormed its way into my brain, the most out of everything I read in 2015, it came pretty late in the game towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but the art, the more I look at it, the more I marvel. I think it is a veritable masterpiece. It's a beautiful book. Um, I do not remember this man's art being, I mean, I liked him on Daredevil. I thought he did a fantastic job, but this, this is next level stuff. It is, it is, it is classic. It's contemporary. It is an amazing achievement. Um, Written by Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent, but drawn by Paulo Rivera. My favorite single issue of 2015 is The Valiant, number one. A stunning book on many levels. I, I, I do not know how he pulled it off, but the more I look at the artwork, and I've read the damn thing. I, I'd be ashamed to tell you how many times I've read it. Um, just to try and pick up you know, style tips and just the, the, the way he, he, uh, the scene progression and how he works out his magic and blocks out. It's just amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to, how he did it, but I'm sure glad he did it. And, and I can't wait for the next three. The Valiant. Nice. Well done. Two Valiant books for best single issue. That's that crazy. Crazy. That is it is. It's just crazy. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next up is favorite character or characters. Um, this was, uh, I, I could have went with the usual suspects. Uh, I didn't. I, um, I decided to, um, go with characters who I, uh, I really enjoyed, um, as, as the year went on. Uh, basically, long story short, my pick, favorite set of characters, the students of the Deadly Class. Uh, That's a great nice. choice. It's yeah. I mean, whether it's it's Marcus or Sonia or or Sonia or just it it just every every person every character in this book um, is unique. You 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 can feel for them, uh, but you know you're you're watching them grow as 
as as the series continues, I think Remender is doing a fantastic job. Remender, obviously, Remender is putting some of himself um, somewhere in these characters, and uh, and I think we're uh, enjoying the fruits of that. It, it's just they really are some just unique and uh, special characters, at least to me. I, I think the book looks amazing, uh, and and it's not just Remender; it's also Wes Craig, but it's. Uh, you know, I have my usual standbys, but as far as the ones that definitely jump out at me, it's the Deadly Class Kids. Amazing. Great book. I was going to cop out and say everybody in Spider-Verse. <laughs> all the Spider-Mens. All, all them Spider-Mens. But, all them. You know, that, that while uh, kudos to Dan Slott and company for... Um, the conception, like, let's get all the Spider-Men together. The, the groundwork for these characters was laid down by many creative teams over many years. Um, so I didn't feel right giving it to, uh, the, the Spider-Verse characters. So I went with the characters that blew me away the most in 2015. Uh, they're from East of West. Oh, yeah. They are Death. Wolf and Crow. Visually, these characters are stunning. For real. The 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 Dragada designed these characters. You do one look and you do not forget them. Especially Crow. Oh, Crow. Yes, she all all beautifully naked and stuff. But I mean, uh, Death is a player. He he is a very real character to me. After only, um, well, I've only been through nine issues, so eight eight or nine issues so far. But Death. He is, he, he's a keeper. I mean, he has a strong presence. They all have amazing presence on the page. And, uh, just smartly designed. If you throw something white on the page and the rest of it's in color, of course they're going to get attention. But, I mean, that's not the only reason. I love these, these, this trio and, and I hope they, uh, stick around for a long time. That's an awesome choice. And it? It is. So I went with a big cast of characters. And that's one of the reasons I chose it. Uh, I went with Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. Nice. And, uh, I mean, you guys know this. I'm a huge Avengers fan. It's probably my favorite, favorite comic over the life of my comic fandom. And as we'll see later on, I'm a big fan of what Hickman is doing. Uh, and I just think it's been a tremendous amount of fun. I've always had a soft spot for new Avengers lineups. Did he hit the pause button? I don't know. I did. Okay. <laughs> As I'm learning, the blue has a little button that if you just go near it, it yeah. turns you, pauses it. But... It's like a woman. Yeah, seriously, like a magic button. Over. It's a little nipple. Yep. <laughs> not, not a nipple. You gotta go near it, but you don't want to press hard on it. <laughs> That's it. It's um, a little man but, but no, uh, so Hickman's cast is, is, is massive, and it's full of intriguing characters. You've got new characters like Smasher. And, uh, you've got the, the new universe characters brought in and given new life, which, am, which is phenomenal. And as I talked about last week, I love, 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 love what he's done with Bobby DaCosta as Sunspot, who I think he's vaulted into the, the, the class A of Marvel characters. So yeah, I just, I think he's created a, a deep, deep Avengers bench full of, of new members as well as some of the old ones. And, uh, I just have a ball every time. I dive into that very intricate but wonderfully executed world. So uh, Hickman's Global Avengers groups are my favorite characters of the year. Now, this next category, would they would that they were all this easy 
to uh, pick because as I was reading each category, I deliberate on, you know, what could I possibly pick for this? But for this category, bam, it hit in a second and it was the obvious choice. And I did not, I do not regret it because to me, favorite superhero book of 2015, Amazing Spider-Man, hands down. There's no contenders. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's so blatantly obvious to me. I, I can't even consider something that would even approach being as good as Amazing was in 2015. By Dan Slott and various artists. Yeah, various and sundry, mm-hmm. as Jason liked to say. It's yeah. been good. You know, it takes a lot for me to, to give Pete yep. his, uh, his due, but it's been great. <laughs> yeah, like Marvel hypes up the events. Uh, we had Axis and whatever oh, came out in, in 2015. Sin. The original Sin and, you know, even, even the DC stuff. Uh, Edge of Spider-Verse was the sleeper hit of, of 2015. It outclassed, outperformed everything from, uh, every event from any company. Minus one issue was practically perfect. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. We'll talk about that. Well, again. I, um, well, I can't, I can't argue that the Amazing Spider-Man was amazing this year, but a bump. I did go a different direction. Uh, and, uh, it ties into my last answer, which is my choice for favorite superhero book is a tie, but it's not a cheating tie because I don't know how you could ex- I don't know how you could separate these books. Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers. You had to give them a tie because for a good chunk of this year they've basically been intertwined, and um, and also various and sundry artists, all excellent. But <laughs> but what? You threw me a bone. I love it when you say various and yes. sundry. But I uh, love them to death. Um, again, I think some people may be put off by the pacing and the complexity. I adore both components of it. It's been a slow build yeah. that's writing an, uh, an amazing payoff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when I, I, I buy and read a ton of superhero books, but the, there's been very few this year, if I'm being honest, that I, I felt genuinely excited about to read each time. Um, I pulled up my stack and these were two that I always, was anxious to make sure I was current on. So right. Avengers and New Avengers by Jonathan Hickman and many, many artists. Patience, patience is dwindling. Oh yeah. Uh, these days. Yeah. And it's great. It's great to see a creator who not only has faith in himself, but faith in his readers that they will be, uh, a- accepting of, of the, the, uh, speed at which he tells his stories. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Hickman, he's, He's laid back almost. Um, I mean, he just lets things develop, and that's beautiful to, to witness. Um, it Without doing the whole, oh, I couldn't choose, so it's got to be a tie, or, or you know, I'm going to cheat. I would, because of Original Sin, I would, in, in, if I had to choose between Avengers and New Avengers, New Avengers would have gotten the nod for me okay. in, in 2014, because it was pretty much... All Hickman with the incursion and it was fantastic stuff and, and the Justice League showing up and it, I love that. Original Sin kind of, I thought took Avengers off track, but my favorite, uh, superhero, um, well, there are probably going to be a couple of things that are, um, that won't shock anybody from me this year. My favorite superhero of 2014 would be the amazing Spider-Man. Peter's back. In his own skin, he is, uh, no longer superior. He is back to being amazing. And we, um, he was always amazing. He was, well, yeah, but he, uh, we've, we, 
you know, he's, he's back and trying to pick up the pieces, um, that Otto left him to pick up. We have new characters introduced, uh, things were kind of cruising along and now we're in Spider-Verse and, and, uh, 2015 is starting off with that event happening. So yeah, it's, uh, Again, it, it, it's been a spidey kind of year for me. I mean, last year, um, Superior was fantastic, but Pete's back and, and, uh, it, it, it's like a comfy pair of blue jeans. You just, you can't get rid of. And, and that's, that's, I like that. Spidey will show up again on my list later on. And, and it's pretty much because of that reason. That's, that's kind of the dude you, or at least for me, the book, the character that, that, that I can depend on. Nice. Spidey. Go figure. Right? I know. Stunned. Right. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, next category is our first of the genre categories that we cover. Well, actually, no, I guess superhero would have been, so scratch that. Uh, I have to make a mental note to correct my notes here. But no, so the next genre book is favorite nonfiction. Um, and I have to say it was a great year for that because I had lots of choices. There were lots of things that I considered, but, um, my first instinct is the one I kept coming back to, and uh, that is by Mr. Box Brown, Andre the Giant, The Life and Legend. Uh, it's it's a work about the behemoth, almost stuff of, of legend wrestler uh, that Box, Box is a huge professional wrestling mark, as are we, and uh, he took decades of different people's accounts and stories and and articles from papers and magazines and podcasts and, and pull them all together into uh, not a purely biographical work, but but one that generally encapsulates his interpretation of the things we knew for sure about Andre. And it was a wonderful, heartwarming, funny read um, and a true labor of love for him. He worked on it for years and, uh, and it was a pretty clear choice for me in this one. So, Andre the Giant, The Life and Legend. It's a great choice. It is. Uh, and which is why it's mine. It's, uh, oh, yeah. there were, there were two that I was flip flopping with, um, with this category, which also kind of coincided with, um, my favorite for another category. And that's where that one ended up. But, uh, yeah, no, Andre the Giant, I mean, it's, it's a New York Times bestseller. It was, uh, I may have felt it was a little short, but that was because I was enjoying it so much. Um, it was, uh, ironic that a story about Andre the Giant's life was kind of manga-sized in, in its presentation, but it's, um, but Box Brown packed a ton on the page. It was, uh, very easy to follow. If, if you knew Andre, uh, this wouldn't be, th- th- a lot of it wouldn't be news to you, but seeing it, uh, presented this way made it a lot, uh, very easy to enjoy. And, and I, uh, I'm glad it, it's, it was and, and is getting, uh, the props it, it deserves. Um, I'm very happy to see other people read it and enjoy it as well. Cool. Uh, while I marvel at the, uh, this man's uh, storytelling ability and artistic style. The the real reason I went with um, my choice is because not only am I enjoying his comics, but I'm learning as I'm reading. Because 
as Jason is uh, very frequent to remind me, I'm not all that steeped in the hip-hop and rap world. I mean, I have my favorites. You know, Ice-T, the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, uh, Grandmaster Flash. But uh, as far as the tall tales that have been told about these characters, uh, I'm pretty oblivious. And I'm just loving uh, Ed Pisker's Hip Hop Family Tree, uh, Volume 2, because it has all those characters in there. The The section on Planet Rock... The, uh, Africa Bombada, that section's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm reading this stuff and it's like, oh, now I know a little bit more about what Jason is talking about. And, and it just seems like he, he's mixing, uh, the art form of comics with the, uh, genre, uh, or style of, of rap and hip hop and the, uh, history of comic book making. It, it, uh, there's one huge package and I, I'm sitting back thinking, this is genius. To combine all of these elements into a history of, of these, these larger than life characters who were heroes to, and still are to a lot of people, right? It just makes sense. And then when they pulled Eric Larson, or not Eric Larson, um, Rob Liefeld into it to do the, the, the Ashcan, it was like, this is brilliant because Piscor has mad love for the image guys. And, uh, it's, I think it's a tour de force. Uh, it's the thing for which he is going to be known throughout his entire career. So I hope he's pleased with his work on it because hip hop family tree is going to be uh, Ed Pisker's tombstone. <laughs> okay. It is. Right. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. And, and, and I think if uh, having heard Ed talk about his work a few times, I mean, he, he's doing this because this is something that he, uh, and he, he has, he's definitely not lacking in confidence. He, he, he chose to do this because he didn't see how anyone else in the cartooning world would be more more uh, equipped to do it. I agree. So, yeah. Ah, favorite cover artist. Um, Ooh. Damn. There, yeah. Tough. One. It is it, Very tough. for real. It's um. There are uh, the everything I vote for in the eleven o'clockers are um, things that pretty much. I've read or I own or digitally, physically, what have you. So I, I, I can only vote on or, or, or say this is my favorite because I have read it and experienced it firsthand. But this, this is one category where I kind of cheat. Um, I, I thought about giving it to Nitrogata for East of West because those covers are, are amazing. It is one image, but unfortunately I, I kind of have a rule. And I, same thing with, with Civil War, Secret Warriors. I, I, it's a cover. I, I'd, I'd like you to use the entire area, but I get the trade dress for East of West and it works and it's gorgeous. But the cover artist I went with is a dude who does some phenomenal work inside the book and, and is a, uh, pretty damn good writer these days. Um, but his variants where they, and he is, in this case, a variant cover artist. Uh, they all have a similar theme, but they're, it's not like he's just using a, a different character in the same pose as a previous cover. And, and it's Scotty Young and, and a lot of it are for, for the baby variants. And, and it's, you know, whether it's, it's a Magneto variant or a Punisher variant or Infinity and, and, uh, with, with little Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. It's just, it's, they are all 
cute or uh, fitting for the subject matter. Um, I, I'm not definitely not one of those judge a book by its covers guys, but if if I were to get any variants, if I were to order enough comics where I could get a variant of of a, any book by a particular artist, I probably would like to get some Scotty Young variants in my collection. They they all just they're they're great and and they do tend to stop me. I'll I'll be flipping through whatever and I'll I'll see a Scotty cover and I have to look at it for a while. It's it's just great stuff. So he would be my favorite cover artist for the year. Nice. I got a Scotty Young print today. Sweet. For free. Yeah, when I I bought the Star Wars and they gave me a Scotty Young print when I bought it. Look at that. And Scotty was on my list too. Awesome. But he didn't win. Oh. No. Sorry, I got you back. Uh I was going to uh, I considered Mike Del Mundo who does fantastic work. Uh Dave Johnson, uh a bunch, but I think the the one cover artist that blew me away the most in 2014 was Greg Tocchini for Low. Ah, okay. I the impeccable covers. Those covers are masterworks. Look at them again if you want to be reminded. There I, I personally think Jason's going to poo-poo it, but I I think Tocchini has has the stuff to be the next James Jean. He's that good on covers. He's he's amazing. So that's why I went with him, Greg Tocchini. I I have no beef with that. Those covers are beautiful. They're gorgeous. Oh, yeah. The image should be cranking out prints of those bitches. No, they're great. They're great. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, David covered the, the Scotty Love. Uh, you know, he's, he's not only a, a great artist, but a friend. And, uh, I did consider him, but sorry, Scotty, you get the gas face this year. Maybe next year, buddy. <laughs> the gas face. Uh, Takini was great. You mentioned my runner up, Vince, which is Mike Del Mundo. Um, <gasps> I, yeah. His electric covers were ridiculous this year. I, 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 I have to say they were breathtaking. Um, and, Legacy too. Yeah, and and if if it were not for this this guy that I chose as my winner, it would have been Del Mundo. Um, and like David, I ninety nine point nine percent of the the things I talk about are things that I've read, which makes sense. But in this case, I too cheated a bit, and that my winner um, actually is for things for covers that I did not buy a single one of. Um, and that is Darwin Cook for his, he did a series of DC covers all in one month. I think it was October. It was generally for issue number 37 of most of the comics, uh, give or take. Uh, but he did, uh, uh, the theme of it was covers that harkened back to a pre-New 52 classic version of these characters and we didn't get a lot of cook interiors this year um and i do think he's one of the best in the biz and um all i can say is i took the time to stare at each of the covers that he put out with dc on these variants we're not they weren't variants but but he put out with that month uh you know i probably spent two three hours on the web just looking at each one lovingly and uh and they stick in my mind and i know that they were very well received by uh, the hardcore DC fans this year. So my cover artist of the year is Mr. Darwin Cook. Nice. That great choice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Next up we have favorite crime slash mystery comic. As you all know, I'm, I'm very, very familiar with crime. And, <laughs> oh, and, and mystery. Yeah, how'd you end up going genre. first in this one? 
I don't know. I, I think the person that put together the list had an influence. That's not an espionage topic. Yeah, but I will say, while I'm not um, well versed in the genre, I do know good stuff when I read it. And um, this was actually a contender for my comic of the year, but um, I, I instead gave, I put it in this category to give it some love because it just amazed me on initial uh, blush and it continues to amaze me uh here's that team again ed brubaker sean phillips uh betty breitweiser on colors uh my favorite crime mystery book of 2014 is the fade out like i know david yeah i know david loves it and i think it's just amazing it doesn't even feel like a a a crime book to me it just feels like great damn comics and and i i wish it was a weekly (laughs) Uh, I cannot get enough of of Sean Phillips and Mr. Brubaker. Awesome. So blame it on Fatal. Blame it on the rain. There you go. Uh, my choice is probably no surprise because I think I pick it every year in this category. Uh, well, at least the last three years it's existed, and that is Mind Management by Mr. Matt Kent. Love Matt Kent like a brother. Love his work. As both a writer and a cartoonist, uh, this is, uh, we're nearing the end here of, of, a, of a magical run, in my opinion. Um, we've talked about this book a lot over the years, so I don't need to spend too much time on it, but it's by Dark Horse, and it is a story that revolves around uh, Maru, uh, who is a, a crime writer in search of, uh, of, of basically her own personal truth, and, and, and she was involved in this, this strange flight. Uh, and she uncovers this, this gigantic global governmental conspiracy and, and, uh, and, and psychics and, and espionage and, um, and, uh, you know, quasi mental superpowered spies. And she hooks up with Henry Lyme, who's arguably the greatest of all of these mentats. And, uh, and they, they, they go through a global adventure trying to figure out the truth and also dismantle the mind management agency and it's uh it's just a phenomenal book that's always in the running for uh my favorite book of the year and uh so once again for me uh an easy choice for my favorite crime book yeah it's harrowing that was on my list too nice yep look at you reading all kinds of crime books this year i know i'm i'm trying to you know branch out you read david's too i did did. and i i'm i don't i don't i don't understand why you refuse to to Expand your horizons, Jason, and, and mix things up a bit and always picking the same shit. Uh, the, um, play. With, with me, <laughs> um, yeah, I dare you to try something new. The, uh, and I'm like I'm doing right now with, with, with one particular book. My management is one thing where I'll, I'll read a bunch. I'll read like four or five issues and I'll let it sit. And then I, and, and I always kick myself for letting it pile up and it, it is just so good. And it, you really need to stay on top of it. But mine, uh, was something that, uh, I read relatively late in the year and thanks to Mr. Ron Richards. Uh, this is the, um, Chicago Organized Workers League. It's Cowell. Uh, we all read the, the first collection and, um, and it is, is, res- it has resumed and we're uh, a couple of issues into the new arc, but it has just been, it's, uh, with, with Higgins and, and Siegel and, Rice, it's just, it looks amazing. It reads like, uh, pretty much like 
very few things that I read. Uh, it's, it's not Amazing Spider-Man. It's not The Punisher. It's not The Fade Out. It, it is, it's just, it's different. And, and I, I love it for that. And it, I, I like it for the crime slash mystery section because you don't know who, it's all politics. You don't know who's playing who. And, and, uh, and the end of the first arc was, uh, well, you know, the things were revealed and, and I, uh, I had to find a place for Cal, I had to give it some love somewhere, and and I thought it was pretty fitting for this category. So yeah, I we've talked about it in the past few, well, past couple months. Definitely recommend it if you aren't reading it. Please do and uh, show it some love. Nice, nice. See, I, I I've I've broadened horizons. I read Cal and enjoyed it. Yeah, you did. Yes. <laughs> All right. Up next, one of my favorite categories each year: favorite anthology. Tons of good choices this year. Um, and, and both looking at what you guys chose as well as a few others that were on my short list, they all were great. But for me, this was uh, one of the runaway winners this year. And, uh, and that's from Locust Moon Press, Little Nemo Dream Another Dream. Uh, this is, it was a Kickstarter project and, and then now it's available for sale from Locust Moon, but it is a, massive coffee table book the size of an artist edition that has fully rendered colored pages again that are the size of original art pages from several hundred of the industry's best and brightest doing their homage to the little Nemo universe and it's just such a visually stunning work that you could spend weeks looking through this book uh every page is different None are, none, none for the worse. They're all just gorgeous. And I am by no means a Little Nemo expert. Um, and in spite of not being all that familiar or attached to the source material, uh, it didn't stop me from thinking this book was just an absolute grand slam this year. So I urge anyone that's got a few extra shekels after Christmas and is looking for something that, uh, that has art that you rarely will see elsewhere to Go to Locust Moon Press and give Little Nemo Dream Another Dream a try. I wish, well, I, I don't, part of it is a subject matter. I mean, aside from the fact that I I really can't own anything like that right now. Um, but I am, I am so glad it's out there. I'm glad you love it. And, and I, I do want to, uh, swing by Jersey so I can check it out. Um, so. Time, boo. All right. Uh, mine is, is an old favorite and, uh, it really, I'm not going to get too much into it. I'll, I'll yeah, say the name. We can move along, but it, it is Dark Horse Presents for me that the, the new volume, um, they kind of, uh, fixed what some of us weren't too thrilled with the previous volume. Uh, and when you kick it off with a Sabertooth Swordsman story, there's just, there is, I am a big Dark Horse Presents fan going way back and, and, uh, it's nice to see it still around and, uh, and yeah, I, if I say too much, it's just going to ruin it. So I'm just, Dark Horse Presents is my favorite anthology of last year. Excellent. I'm going to rescind my choice. Oh, my. Yes. Can you do that? Well, wait, I, I can do anything I want. Um, <laughs> whoa. The, <laughs> I originally, just, just so you know, I originally went with, uh, Ledernia Cree's Hopital Brute number 10 which is a massive 312-page offset and screen-printed behemoth featuring 
uh, Victor Bald Eagles, Cairo, you heard him on the show. Skinner's in there. Paquito Bolino, Keenan Marshall Keller, Mike Diana, uh, Heather Benjamin, Tommy Mysteri, Mulanex, like all the dudes and dudettes I love. Uh, but it's not really comics. Multiple paper stocks, multiple page sizes. It's an amazing, it has amazing visual presence and the, the type of artwork is visceral and will twist your balls into a pretzel, but it's not really comics. So I will, uh, rescind that choice and go with, uh, I originally considered creepy and eerie from Dark Horse. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of anthologies we read, but the one that stays with me the longest, the one I have the most history with, is Dark Horse Presents. <laughs> Volume 2 was not all that great. Right. Volume 3 is a huge improvement. Yes. Uh, you give me Andy Kuhn every month with Wrestling with Demons, and I am a happy clam. And that's that's not all. I mean, uh, there's just tons of great stuff month in and month out. I think they've hit the sweet spot with the price point of four ninety nine. Agreed. Uh yeah, that eight ninety nine jank was no good. It was it was tough. It was tough. But um yeah, Resident Alien is amazing. Uh, just uh, every it chapter. Great. It is great. It is. Every chapter is something that I want to read, which I can't say about the previous incarnation. I would agree on, on all counts. Right. So, um, I, I have to give credit where it's very, very due and go with Dark Horse Presents. Respect it. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Oh, man. Favorite collected slash reprint. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Nice. This was, uh, this was one of those where um it wasn't real easy for me because I, I was trying to remember what what I did read that was collected uh, or reprinted since the bulk of my stuff is read digitally. Um, but luckily, uh, my buddies came through for me during during Christmas, and I, I so wanted to put Tashin on here, but that really doesn't qualify in my mind. So I went with um. I have to agree with you for once. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the, uh, Marvel 75th anniversary omnibus where mm-hmm. it, uh, it just collects a bunch of comics that, that I read and enjoyed, um, growing up and, and some that I, I read that were before my time that I eventually read and, and even some things that, um, I, I read later on, but it, it, it just, it, Covers the gamut and there's, there's a lot in there and, and it really is one of the only, um, reprint, reprinted material that, that, uh, I, I acquired, um, this year. So it, it kind of wins by default, but it really is the one thing that, that sticks out in my mind. Cool. Now here you get a little bit of insight just to the, the, the magnitude of, of, of how much this book mesmerized me this year. Or last year. Um, <laughs> Hunker down. My favorite collected or reprint edition is Fatal, Deluxe Hardcover Volume 1. This book spun my head around. And like I said, it was a, a stunning realization of just how great this duo of Brubaker and Phillips uh, are. And uh, the story, unlike, I mean, I love Criminal and, and uh, their other books, but Fatal is smack dab in my wheelhouse. 
It's it's horror. It's with with Lovecraftian overtones. It's it it has dark, uh, satanic dealings in 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 dusky dark back rooms. It's just an amazing book. Um, and I, and I, I I had to give it the the award. It 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 stuck with me. And it it propelled me into into new avenues of Brubaker Phillips, which I appreciate very much. So cannot argue that. Yeah. Well, you sang Mr. Pisker's praises a few minutes ago, and uh, as you know, uh, this is kind of the confluence of, of of two of my favorite things in the world, which are comic books and hip hop. So my award had to be this year, even though I, I probably bought. I'm checking my order, Amazon and DCBS probably bought about 60 collected editions this year of reprints. But without question for me, the easy choice was Hip Hop Family Tree, the 1975 through 1983 box set. I actually yeah. double dipped on this. I bought both Hip Hop Family Tree, uh, collected editions on their own. And then this box set came out and I had to have it. Got a hat at. No shame. It's, uh, it's both collections plus the, uh, extra anniversary insert with the Liefeld stuff, uh, in a beautiful slipcase. And, uh, I just adore it. I, I stare at it longingly each day. One of them, <laughs> and, uh, the volume three, he just finished up. Um, so that'll be hitting the, hitting the street soon and there's more to come. So, uh, love the work, love the look, love the history. Pisker knows his ish. I mean, I, I, Every time I dive into the book or the webcomic, uh, I learn something. Uh, he, he knows far more about hip hop than most people, myself included. And see, that's crazy to me that you can learn something from that because you are well versed in it, in the, in the stuff. Let's be honest. And, and I'm thinking, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, Jason must be loving this stuff. He, oh, I'm because adoring you've it, li- but, but, re- you know, no, you've lived it. Well, yeah, but also, but, but remember, he's, I mean, in 75, I was one, one year old, one year old. So, you know, for, to, to see those accounts, uh, you know, we're up to the, to the mid eighties now, which is getting into my sweet spot when I, and I think many people of my generation became in love with hip hop and it really ascended from a, uh, a, a niche, uh, music form to arguably one of the most popular to, you know, certainly one of, certainly one of the most popular, but if not the most popular, uh, as, as, as our lives went on. So no, I just, I love it to pieces and I thought it was just a wonderful, um, collected edition and shout out to Fanographics because they have given a tremendous amount of love to the work. Um, yep. yep. So I'll never forgive hip hop for dethroning the hair band. <laughs> never. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that is a real generational divide, right? I can remember when I would come home from school, there were kids who watched TV raps and there were kids who watched Headbangers Ball and yep. uh, Never the Twain Shall Meet. And I think you know which side I was on. This was all I know which side you were on, and I know which side yeah. I was on. I'm not sure where David sits. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, yes. Um, yay! I get a category uh, finely tuned to my sensibilities. This, this, yes, this is the favorite humor book of 2014. Like uh, Amazing Spider-Man in the, in the favorite superhero uh, category, this was an absolute no-brainer. There wasn't even a contender to the throne. This this is one of probably I think four sweeps tonight. Yes, this yes. is a sweep. Um, my choice for favorite humor book. Our for choice. 20- well, okay, our choice for favorite humor book of 2014 is God Hates Astronauts. Yes, sir. No doubt. Yes, by Mr. Ryan Brownie. 
from Image Comics. We got to be specific. Uh, oh, the Image Awards. The 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 guy has a real thing going with this. It's unlike anything you've ever read or will read. It is totally totally in, idiosyncratic. Like no one has the sense of humor of Mister Brown. Uh, it's just amazing, amazing stuff, and you should get in on it while it's uh, in the low-numbered issues because they're probably going to cost you a pretty penny to, to catch up. Yep. So, yeah. Can't argue yeah. it. Uh, just everything you said and more. Yeah. Uh, Brownie doesn't need a, any bigger head than he already has, but but uh, he is a genuinely funny human being, both in person and on, on paper, um, which is unusual. I don't know about in person. I don't think no, in person. He's, he's well, he's looking in person. <laughs> there you and, go. And uh, his fantasy <laughs> football skills are funny in that they're hor- horrible. Uh-oh. <laughs> but uh and he is a penchant for tangents but other than that no this is a great book and it's wonderful to see it succeeding uh he's a buddy and and a talent and uh yeah it's, it's like you said this was a a no-brainer um you know in years past i've thrown a, a shout out to chew and chew continues to be excellent but uh but it, to be honest it's, it's i think it's kind of getting into the more of the same category for me um mm. whereas this just every issue is different and genuinely laugh out loud funny it's the only book I read on a regular basis that makes me laugh out loud. LOL. Uh, and I have a 3D cowboy and, and it is a, um, it's yeah, everything you guys said. And, uh, you know, I, I hope, hope tomorrow's a better day for Ryan. I, I don't think today went his way, but, uh, oh. I, um, yeah, well, just, just by going by a Facebook post, but, oh, okay. uh, so, um, yeah, well, I, I, that, so. Yeah, I, I think he um, he's absolutely a extremely talented dude. He is funny. We're at a show. I love just chatting with the dude. Um, and uh, I just he, he, yeah, in in person, I just that humor is just very. Um, it's one of those things where you're just not sure how serious he is if he really is kidding. But it's uh, he, it, I'm I'm glad to know the man and. I, I'm glad the man is is making the comic book that he's making. I I really think it's it's one of the funniest books out there. Respect. Um. So, the next category is our favorite new comic. So the rule there is that it has to have originated in 2014. And uh, a lot of comics come out each year, <laughs> especially if you're especially if you're Image. Yeah, and and being big fans of Image that we are, it's uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm calling, uh, I'm calling in a, a, a I don't know what, I don't know, I'm, I'm deciding, I'm pulling executive decision and calling this one a tie. Oh my God. Yep, I know. Look, Chris isn't here anymore, so there has to be at least one person that's going to give a tie. <laughs> um, I can't, I literally, as you guys can see on the ballot, I've had two books with a slash between them. I, I fully intended to pick one and I just can't. So screw anybody that gives me an issue over this. I'm calling it a tie. My favorite new comic books of the year are Miss Marvel and Southern Bastards. Can't get much different between the two. <laughs> uh, but I think they're both fantastic. The, the, the truth is I was leaning towards Southern Bastards, which is, uh, by the Jasons, Jason Latour and Jason Aaron. Um, Fantastic. We've talked about every issue. Um, probably also my favorite single moment of the year in the, the, uh, the, the, the last page of the fourth issue. But I, I couldn't find another place on my ballot for Miss Marvel and it damn well needed to be on my ballot. Um, 
by uh, Adrian uh, uh, Adrian Alfona on the art and uh, G Willow Wilson uh, writer. It's it's just a phenomenal book, and it was very close to un- to unseating uh, the Avengers for my favorite superhero book. Uh, I-, I think uh, it got a lot of headlines because it was a a female Muslim lead character. And and while that is novel, I think that the book is far more than that. It's genuinely funny. Uh, it genuinely has characters that uh, both both she by both Kamala and her supporting cast are interesting and feel real. And um, and I just love it to death. Uh, so um, uh, there you go. I'm 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 splitting the bit and calling it a tie between Miss Marvel and Southern Bastards. And uh, fuck all y'all if you care. Wow. Mm-hmm. You have every right to do oh, that, man. That's your show. <sighs> I have, I have, right. Yeah, right. It's all right. Fuck it. It's just like he'll he'll get over. It. Uh, I had um had a couple things in mind. I I was waiting to see where Jason was going to lean, and I was going to pick the other one. <laughs> um, so somebody was going to get uh, shout out at least the um Amazing Spider Man started <laughs> again uh, this year. Uh, we had Copperhead. We had, I thought Trees. I I'm enjoying Trees. Uh. But I, I did end up going with, um, with Southern Bastards. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it really is. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, oh, you can say that just about every image book, but it is, it is unlike anything else I'm reading. And, uh, it, Latour's art so fits this, this story, that this universe, these characters, um, you know, I, I'm definitely along for the ride with, with where Jason Aaron's taking it. Um, uh, these are characters who really, you, you absolutely feel something when you're reading them, whether you're, you, you, you feel happy for them or sad for them or you're mad or you want to do harm to these characters. It's just the, they, whatever the hell the Jasons are doing, I hope they keep doing it for a long time. I, I really think Southern Bastards is a, um, is, is something that, you need to experience. I, you know, I, I just, it doesn't matter what, what type of, of comic book you like to read, whether it's sci-fi or, or a slice of life or, or humor or just, you should check out Southern Bastards. I can't fault you for that choice. In fact, that was one of my contenders. There, there was a massive, massive amount. Yeah, but I would have guessed con- that your choice was your choice though. Oh, you would? Yes. Yeah, after you were talking about it, yeah. Cool. Well, like I said, a lot of of choices for this one. I was going to go with Rasputin, Drifter, Bitch Planet, um, Southern Bastards. I mean, there was a ton of books from Image that that just captured my attention right out of the gate. That that's hard to do. But unfortunately, I didn't go with any of the Image books. No, you didn't. Uh, no, this one's from Dark Horse, and I talked about it a couple episodes back. Um, it's written by Tim Seeley and drawn by Jim Terry. It's Sundowners. I, I think it's just an amazing book. It's like David said, it's a, it's one of those unique presences on the stands. There's nothing really that reads like it. Um, it's, it's Lynchian in the, in, in that you really don't have a handle on reality in the book. It's, it's completely malleable. It's an amazing book. Uh, so my favorite new comic in 2014 is definitely Sundowners from Dark Horse. Respect. Yeah. I gotta be true to my heart. No, you got to. You're hot. 
Okay, this is our uh, our second sweep of the night. Uh, really, I mean, it's, it's probably a universal sweep across all comic book podcasts <laughs> that do this category everywhere. I mean, there are a couple other uh, colorists out there, but not this year. <laughs> but not this year. And I, Vince and I were talking about Frank Martin on, on East of West b- before we started recording. And, and it's, um, and Val Staple shout out. Of course. And, and Dave Stewart's always a shout out. Yeah. Um, uh, Betty, Betty Brightweiser always a shout out. Hanser and Laura Allred. And, and there are some fantastically talented colorists out there. But this year, I don't think, um, I, I'd be more surprised if Jordi Belair did not color yeah. something than did color something. She she's pretty much yeah. colored everything that uh, that's somewhere on this list, and you know she she is yeah she I mean it was Moon Knight. It's just been so much that she's been attached to, and it all looks she works so well with with the artist, and and it's it, it's not like oh Jordi Belair like like years ago you could have looked at a Frank Diamata color book and and just noted how dark it was because he colored it but there's absolutely nothing that um you know jordy just she's like a chameleon she just she she lets the art do its thing and and she just she she makes it pop and and she is fantastic at what she does and and uh it's i I like my black and white comic books but i am so happy when uh when she's attached to a book because it's just it's going to make it that much better you get your your quantity and quality with uh, Jordy. You're right. It's, it's true. Next up, we have our favorite original graphic novel. Yes. This one was tough. <laughs> you tired? It, it was very hard because I wanted to say Aurora West. Um, there, there was a number of, of titles that, that, that came to mind, but the one that stuck with me the most was... Uh, from Andrew Ray. This is out of uh, No Brow Press. It's Moonhead and the Music Machine. Again, if you, you want to hear me talk about this, you can go back to whatever episode it was uh, that I talked about it. Uh, among, among I don't remember. Uh, among other things, the, it's about the transformative power of music, finding one's identity. Uh, Ray has a beautiful, beautiful clear line style. Great character design beautiful use of color plays with the 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 language of comics and and the the uh and it has uh spot varnish on the cover if you want to you want to ca- capture my heart you throw some damn spot varnish on the cover and you got me so uh moonhead and the music machine i believe jason bought this too. i was gonna say uh until i saw that you nominated i had forgotten uh, about the book but it was a great great fun book and yep. I, I did buy it after your recommendation. This was a tough one. Um, I love OGNs. It's always one of my favorite categories to to think through. Uh, as is typical, I read a ton of them this year. Certainly, uh, the Andre the Giant book was in the in the running here. Um, but since I did already recognize it in nonfiction, it was it was uh, one that I, I eliminated as a result. This came down to me to four books. Um, the Rise of Aurora West, as, uh, as, as Vince just mentioned. Uh, this One Summer, uh, which I talked about, which is a coming-of-age book about a young girl in a beach town. Um, yes. Which impressed me so much because it's it's not a subject matter that would normally grab me. 
Um, a book that I just recently read, thanks to uh, the very generous gift from Hassan, uh, and that is The Wrenchies by Mr. Farrell Dalrymple, um, which I probably will talk about in the next week or two, because it's worthy of that. Uh, but ultimately the winner for me is um, probably the, the, the bleakest and darkest uh, book that I read this year, and all thanks to Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco, the lovely and talented couple that uh, were on our show again this year, because they shouted this book out on the show, and that prompted me to order it while we were recording. And that is uh, by Mr. Fabian Vellman and Kara Scott, Beautiful Darkness. Uh, just just an amazingly haunting book that uh, must be seen because I won't be able to do it justice. Uh, it's about a little girl who passes away in a forest and all of the imaginary uh, creatures that are in her thoughts escape out of her body and have to live in this forest and fend for themselves. And uh, it's, it's, it's in the mold of the original Grimm's fairy tales and that it's very dark and, uh, and not all ages by any stretch. So loved the book, loved the art, uh, took me places I didn't think they'd be willing to go. And um, uh, just a must read, a must read if you're into any kind of fairy tale stories, a f- phenomenal book. So the beautiful darkness by uh, Fabian Veldman and Kara Scott. Nice. Uh, with me, um, there was, uh, I was thinking about some of the OGNs I read over the year and, and like really there were two, there was one that was a clearing away winner. Um, and I, to think about if, if it was the only one I could consider, cause I, I, we both read seconds this year, right, Jason? Yes. And, uh, and it, it was okay, but it, it wasn't for me. I went back further beginning towards the beginning of the year and um frankie the delineator gave this to me uh and and i finally read it at the beginning of this year uh and this was uh the initiates and and it was uh basically about a comic book artist and a winemaker who kind of uh it, it's not like they don't switch roles it's not like one decides to publish a comic and the other decides to make one they just learn what each other does and and uh how they make their living. And, uh, it was, this was also, this could have been my nonfiction winner. So, um, it looks great. It, it's, um, it was translated. It's published by NBM and, uh, it, it's, there are little things that, that pop up throughout that, uh, especially I guess if you're a European comic book fan, uh, you'll pick up on some things as far as the conventions and, and some of the other artists that, uh, in the circles they they kind of run in but it uh opened my eyes a little bit as far as winemaking because i also this year we watched the uh the movie about the um so many days all all going in for their training so it was very uh wine learning year for me but i i thought this was a this was a really i want to say fun but it was I, I i was extremely entertained by reading this it, it's um because I, I, I read my comics to, to escape and, and I'm not always a big fan of uh, reading things that are true to life or, or based on real life events. But I, I really did enjoy this. So I, again, I thank Frankie for, for giving it to me and uh, and I would write the Dildonator and I would... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Dildonator we trust. <laughs> so, I love Vincent's laugh. Vincent's laugh is my favorite laugh on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> that it's Vince approved. I fucking so. love that name. I love it. You should. Nice. 
So there. I'm I'm such a child. Yeah, a you bit. are. I know. What's up next? Well, is, this is this is one of the this is one of the big gun categories. I think. Uh, yes. Favorite writer slash artist, and what we really mean by that is someone who does it all. Um, and I I I feel compelled to say that that every single year, um, Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, and Terry Moore. Uh, deserve and are always in consideration for this. And, um, uh, I also will say that, uh, although he, he didn't get my nod this year, if I'm a betting man, I bet based on the image book he's got coming out, I, I bet that Scotty will be in the hunt for this next year. Yeah. He's writing and drawing it. But for me, I went a little left of center this year and picked Jason Latour. Now, what makes it left to center is generally I pick someone, and I think we all do, that writes and draws the same book. Right. Um, they may draw or write other books as well, but, but there's at least one central book that they do all of it. Um, in this case, Jason didn't do that. Jason wrote a bunch of books this year, including Edge of Spider-Verse, Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, and then Drew Southern Bastards. And that's why I want to shout him out because he, I think, killed it on all fronts, and uh, I, I love his sense of humor. I think he writes tight, uh, tight scripts. Uh, he's not overly wordy. He knows how to pace a book, and as David already mentioned, his cartooning on Southern Bastards is phenomenal. And yeah. um, I just, uh, I was just really taken by him this year um, on on both fronts, and uh, uh, he can make a great living, I'm sure, doing either, but he chooses to do both to collaborate with people that he likes. And uh, I know we're going to see a lot more of him as a writer this coming year. And uh, we will continue to see his awesome cartooning with, with Jason Aaron and Southern Bastards. So my 2014 favorite writer, artist, the man who does it all, Mr. Jason country fried steak Latour. <laughs> That's an awesome choice. Thank you. Yeah, it is the, um, it's, I appreciate so, cause you could have somebody who, well, like my pick, which will be someone who writes and draws for himself so they can kind of, um, I know what I feel like drawing, so that's what my, the writer in me is going to tell me to write. But with Latour, it's like he can write for other people and he can take what other people have written for him. And I think that that is, that, that's fantastic. Cause usually if, if you're going to write and draw, you're doing it for yourself. Whereas now you can, someone like Jason isn't, it's kind of reminds me of that old school uh way of thinking and and i really do like that uh but mine is uh someone we mentioned earlier and it's it's mr ryan brown for god hates mm-hmm. astronauts he and he he he's i think he's a great writer uh but he also did one of these actually yeah i did read an anthology this year he he wrote he drew one of the uh stories from original sins the the tie-in mini to um original sin uh, aptly named. So it was a, um, it, he's someone else who can absolutely, um, do it for others and do it for himself. Nice. I am absolutely in awe of, uh, my choice. I think, and I've said it before, I think this guy is looking at the majority of, uh, creators in his rearview mirror. He had a number of projects in 2014. Uh, Mr. Incompleto, Feth, Drawings You Want, Birth of Horror, 
uh, he is not only a practitioner, but he's a teacher as well. He posts on Facebook like a mother. If you want to see his art, all you have to do is follow him on Facebook and you will be inundated by this man's work. He's always on the grind. Um, he has established a cohesive universe across his many projects that not only uh, work within the art form, art form, but it also has elements about the art form. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Josh Bayer. I think he's one of the absolute best of the best. And so he gets my choice as favorite writer-artist. Oh, Yeah. I love him and I hate him. <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, man. I guess I'm lucky enough to draw the first of the favorite horror category. Uh, it's like, why didn't I get that? Right? That's weird. Um, and there was one that I should have picked but when i think about it um the fire and stone books i don't i don't read them and, and think horror especially prometheus that that's more of an adventure or sci-fi book i don't i don't read prometheus and get the same kind of sense i get when i watch prometheus the movie um the other minis maybe a little bit could could lean one towards being scared but not Prometheus Fire and Stone, which was my favorite of, of the ones so far. But I'm going with the ones that, uh, the, the series that was talked about a lot this year in 2014. Um, and I'm not going to add to that because we have discussed it. I still haven't finished the series, but, um, it, for me, my, my favorite horror book of 2014 is, uh, Afterlife with Archie. Yeah. Who could fault you for that? Right. This was incredibly difficult for me. Of course. This, this may have been the hardest category for me to complete. Um, instinct told me to go with crossed, but since it wasn't all that great <laughs> in 2014. Good reason. Uh, yeah, I couldn't give it the nod. Uh, I wanted to go with Nightbreed from, um, mm. Boom by, uh, Andrako Kowalski and Javier. Um, creepy and eerie were also considered. I mean, I read a lot of horror books and, uh, it, it was tough, but I ultimately went with, uh, another book out of Boom, Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Uh, it's an anthology called Bestiary. And there are a number of, of awesome names attached to this book. Um, not the least of which are uh, Carlos Magno, mm-hmm. who we know, who we know from the Planet of the Apes stuff, and uh, Connor Nolan, who did incredible covers for this thing. Um, it is uh, it's the Lament configuration and the Cenobites, and uh, mostly focusing on Pinhead as it should. Right? Um, it's an anthology, like I said, that that somehow. Brings me back to the day when the days when when Epic was publishing the prestige format Hellraiser uh, series. A lot of the stories within this uh, six issue miniseries could have been plucked, or they feel like they could have been plucked from from Marvel's uh, anthology, and that's pretty much the highest compliment I could give them. They're, it's just great stuff, uh, disturbing, disgusting. 
um engrossing the, the they give um they breathe life into pinhead and the cenobites uh, and one of the stories which is the only uh recurring story it's continued in every issue the others unfortunately are not is um this this character called poacher and and these um these bounty hunters capture pinhead and remove his pins which are the source of his power and try and sell them to someone within the vatican it's crazy it's amazing and and i gotta give it to hellraiser bestiary it's great stuff cool cool yeah uh, this one came down to three books for me. Um, Afterlife with Archie was was uh, my choice for a good bit of the time we had the ballots up. Uh, I almost veered and went with Nailbiter. Mm. Um, and then ultimately I settled on a book that um, falls into the category of one that, that I know that both Dave and I enjoy immensely, and yet we never seem to really do a deep dive on it for the show. And it's a shame because it's awesome. And, uh, the creator's awesome and the art is awesome. I own a page from the book. Uh, and that is Terry Moore's Rachel Rising. Mm, uh, yeah. It's phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal work. And, uh. For real? For real. For real. No, I mean, I mean, like, how does it compare to his other stuff? Uh, well, it's, it's hard to compare anything to, you know, his, his, his magnum opus, if you will. Um, but I think this is better than, um, uh, Echo, yeah. Oh, so. cool. I really got to get on this. I mean, you guys have been praising this since day one. Yeah, it's 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 the same visual aesthetic that we've always seen from Terry. These super tight, super good looking people. Yeah, which is amazing. But yeah. it's such a dark theme this time out. And uh, no, it's it's phenomenal. I enjoy it. And again, it's just I'm remiss and not and not praising it enough in detail on the show. So I'll try and rectify that this year. Is it? I think it wraps up this year, doesn't it, David? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, or it's close <laughs> to it. So, yep. So Rachel Rising, favorite nice. horror book. This may be the book that turns me around on Mister Moore. May have. Yeah, may have. Meanwhile, tell us who your favorite limited series was, Vince. Ooh, this one again was was very difficult for me uh there have been uh you know instinct told me go with the fire and stone book but Dave, but david said you can't go with all the fire and then jason went blew that out of the water so yeah so i i had to make the hard choices and i still have a tie mm. i'm yeah. sorry i i i, I just Christ. i i cannot worse than the listeners the, jesus i can't pick between the two um, the two miniseries which completely bamboozled me in 2014 were both Mimetic from Boom, written right. by James T- James Tinian uh, the Fourth and Eric Donovan, and the Auteur out of Oni right. by Rick Spears and James Callahan. Both vastly different books, but both reached me on a cellular level. Uh, the Auteur was hilarious. Uh, profane, disturbing, uh, borderline pornographic, and mimetic just just reached me. Uh, mimetic made me think, which is very hard to do. <laughs> so I, I thank James Tinian and company for that. Uh, but they're the ones that stuck with me. Uh, if you bubble up to the surface, like Jason said, we consume a ton of sequential art over the course of the year. If you manage to affect me this much that I remember your book and can 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 basically relive it in my mind, you've done something. 
and and both both the auteur and mimetic did that for me this year oh yeah nathan t-rex is real to me and 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 the characters in mimetic those characters they live and they breathe they're 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 now i I mean their their stories are done uh and and they will forever live because they're that vivid good stuff yeah uh, probably not a big surprise, uh, my choice, uh, which is from Vertigo, Mr. Jeff Lemire's Trillium, mm. uh, the, the time hopping love story. Um, again, a book that we reviewed in some detail, uh, a few months back. So check the archives, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I thought about a couple other books. Um, I thought about the wake, thought about a couple others, but. But uh, the one I think that was the most complete for me and, and ended on a on a solid note was was Trillium. So uh, th- this was a year where I felt like uh, there there weren't as many limited series that really resonated with me as I thought back on it. And the only one that really stuck with me and ended well, in my opinion, that uh, I just I couldn't I, that that I kept coming back to was Trillium. So Jeff gets my my nod. In my mind, it's his best work. Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, oh my goodness, I really didn't have to wrestle with this one. Um, it, uh, it came in late towards the end of the year and it was, um, I didn't know what to expect, like I said, and, and it was, uh, it was really, really good. But my <laughs> favorite limited series for 2014, uh, is Grendel versus the Shadow by Mr. Matt Wagner. And Brennan Wagner. Who is smart enough to leave it open-ended. I mean, there's a resolution to it, but there's still that one piece to the puzzle that he leaves dangling. Which is why, if, which is perfect because now go read Devil by the Deed. Go read some Hunter Rose stories and you'll get oh, everything you can Yeah, know. that too, but I'm talking about the daughter. The, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. I mean, he could, he could, the could, 30s, he, yes. Yes, he could mold her into something yeah, really special. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it would be like, uh, you know, JLA Avengers where, you know, the egg with Corona. It, it, there are little things where, yeah, you can, uh, there's one tidbit like Vince mentioned where he could have fun with it. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. but it, it, it looks amazing. It's, mm-hmm. um, Wagner having fun with one of his pulp favorite characters and his, uh, it's well one of my favorite creations by him. So it's uh yeah, it, that's really the only choice I had for this year. Yeah. Great series. Nice. All right, up next our favorite sci fi or fantasy book. Mm-hmm. And uh came down to two for me, and I think you guys have the other one covered, so uh for my choice was by Mr. Rick Remender and Mr. Mateo Scalera, Black Science. Yeah, we almost had a sweep. Nice. We did, yeah, until... Did. Uh, yes, it's true, we did. I audibled. Um, uh, again, a book we've covered. It's a, I love the book, love the art, love the, love the writer. Uh, it's essentially, for those that don't know the book by image, it's, uh, it's essentially, um, Lost in Space, mashed up with Swiss Family Robinson, Mashed up with, uh, sliders. Uh, dimension, dimension hopping, family adventures. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it is. 
So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't probably need to say much more. I just, uh, I love the book to death. And, uh, I probably, I think it's the book I own the more original art from than any other book. Um, I think I own six pages of it. So, so, uh, yeah, so black science. Uh, I had a, um, I had a couple things that I was thinking about. Um, I thought about putting Miss Marvel here. Uh, I thought about putting trees here. I, I remembered all new Ghost Rider, which started this year. Um, Iron Fist. A living weapon, which I talked about earlier, but, um, I went with the, the book that kind of, as I'm rereading it now, uh, really is the only logical choice for me. And that is, uh, East of West by Mr. Hickman and, uh, Mr. Dragata. A book I went with also as my choice. I was going to give it to Saga. There were a number of titles in the running, but. East of West just completely spun my head around. It, it, East of West almost got my comic of the year. Wow. Yes, I love it. You do love it. Yeah. You should love it. Let's see. What's up next? <laughs> Favorite adventure. Ooh. This was... um. I, I wasn't sure where exactly... I should kind of um, move things around to fit this. But when I thought about it, uh, there was one book that I really enjoyed as, as I read each issue um, by Tim Seeley and Tom King. Uh, and that is, that's Grayson. It, it's, you know, I'm not knee deep in the bat universe right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, back to reading the, the, the current Batman arc, but I don't know what's going on a lot with, with some of the characters I grew up reading in DC. And um I read the first couple issues of Nightwing when the 52 started, but I have no idea what Dick Grayson's been up to since then. And I don't need to reading this. Um He died or at least Nightwing died. And, and, and now Dick Grayson is, um, Working for another organization and, and, uh, as, as a double agent, but it's, it looks amazing. It, it's, uh, it's entertaining. And I, if, if I had to have an adventure book, it, it would be Grayson this year. Hmm. It was kind of tough, uh, for me. I wanted to go with Saga. There are there are a number of books. I think East of West fits this category as well, but I I went with the old standby. I I shotgun this book in in chunks of maybe ten to twelve issues, and it always reminds me just how damn good the creative team is. Uh it's produced by the Hams, Willingham, Buckingham, uh Lee Aloha. It's Fables. Fables is, is consistently good mm-hmm. and, and I always let it fall by the wayside and, and consume mass quantities. And I'm always amazed that it's not a titanic seller because it's far better than most of the things I read every month. It's just so good. It's it, it, the, the characters we, they're family now and, and I'm going to hate to see it, it go this year, but. To each thing, we all we must say goodbye, right? And, and this too shall you. pass. Yeah, thanks for the journey. But fables for me is my favorite adventure. Book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you're right. It's one of those books that uh, 
I feel like we, we almost take for granted at this point. Yeah. Won't be for long. It's true. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm the one that's going to go chalk here. I'm going to go with Saga. Um, uh, I think Saga's in that odd position which great books find themselves where um, it's been out long enough now where it has a tendency to get overlooked for the new. Mm-hmm. And yet, if I'm being objective and I look at all the arcs of Saga, this last arc was the strongest since the first arc, in my opinion. So, which is not to say any of the arcs have been been anything less than great, but but if I'm to rank them, this arc uh, it's wrapping up this year um, is right behind the original arc, which got everybody just gaga. So I'm uh, throwing my my love in this category to BKV and Fiona Staples because uh, it still is one of easily it's one of the five best books I read on on the regular. So well said. Yeah. Dunkishin. Okay, I'm up for favorite ongoing series. We're getting into the and big boys now, by the way. This is like the, this is the, the end run to the, the major categories. It's like when the Oscars go to, uh, the best director and best film and all that stuff. Yes, and I must explain myself. Oh, jeez. Uh oh. My, my favorite ongoing series is not quite the best thing I read every month. <laughs> yes. But if, if I, now, if I have to gauge my my uh, involvement in a series, um, usually when, I, when when my box arrives, I collate my books, I put them in the in the order in which I want to read them, stack them up, and invariably, the book at the top of the stack, month in, month out, whether it's been good, whether it's been bad, it's the first thing I read every month. It's just instinctual. It is crossed Badlands. I pull them first, I read them first, I bitch and I complain about them, but that fact does not change. I always read them first. And that to me means the book has captured a portion of my heart where, uh, you know, in good times and in bad, I'm always there for it. So Badlands is my choice. If that makes sense, yay. If it doesn't, <laughs> well, that's hey, how it is. subjective, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I went with a book I think it's probably a little more palatable to the majority of our audience. Yeah. And uh, that is a book that you guys have, have been singing the praises of, and that is East of West. Mm-hmm. My favorite book, dude. My favorite ongoing series. Uh, Hickman, Trigata. It's uh, it's just stunning to look at. It's it's wonderfully intricate, but but in a way that makes tons of sense. There's no there's no loose loose tendrils of story that don't tie back in. Um, it's passion on a page, man. I just, uh, it's, it's nice. right in my wheelhouse. So, so, uh, best, uh, or favorite ongoing series for me is East of West. Yeah. Boggles the mind how, when, when you think of all of the stories that have come from Hickman, that after all we've experienced from the man, he, he still has an East of West in him. It's crazy to conceive that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my favorite ongoing series, uh, is well, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a big blank spot on the page, but that's because I didn't really want to give it away because who couldn't see it coming? It's it is it, it's Amazing Spider-Man. I think Slot has just been um, it's he's it, it's his it's his book. It it really is. I and mean, when you think about some of the other writers that your favorite writers and and what their mark is and, and you know that that one book that that Hickman's written or that. That, uh, that Remender's written or Aaron's written and that one book that when you say a writer, 
that's the book that they're remembered for. For me right now, it's, it's Amazing Spider-Man's lot has just been, he, he owns th- this character, th- this corner of the Marvel Universe, and, uh, it's, it, it, it it's, I, like Vince with Cross Badlands, like, I, the issue came out, I gotta read it, and I'll, I'll, I'll text Mario, we'll talk about it on the show, it's just, I, I really get a huge kick out of reading Spider-Man. Consider the poor bastard in five to seven years that gets the the job uh, from Slot. When Slot has told all the spider stories he he can possibly tell, the guy that comes on next, yeah, thanks for playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, what do we have next? All right. Well, up next is uh, is easily for me the most difficult category every year. Uh, favorite penciler. We are in love with this medium because it's a visual medium. Um, a writer can write five, six, seven books in a, in a month if he's cranking them out. But a penciler can basically do one book a month or a month and a half. And so that means there's a lot more people out there drawing awesome books than are writing them, frankly. And uh, we love the art. And it's so freaking hard. I mean... I could have picked 20 different people and felt good about it, you know? Sarah Pacelli, Chris Somini, Mahmoud, our buddy Mahmoud Asrar. Uh, it was an awesome year for Declan Shalvey, our buddy. Uh, I mean, Quapel, just Jesus. I mean, what he's, t- I mean, his stuff is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, true. it's, you know, you know, uh, just so, I really just, I, I literally could have given it to 20, 30 different people and felt great about it. Fiona Staples, uh, just, just, it's, I don't know. Um, but, but I had to, you know, you have to pick someone because, uh, we know, Lord knows we can't have ties, right, David? Right. Um, so I, uh, I went with the guy that's, that's creating the visual tapestry of my favorite book this year, and that's Nick Dragata. Yep. And no, I didn't pick him because an Eagles fan. Uh, I picked him because <laughs> his, uh, his work excites me and it's vibrant and it's different. And I can pick a Dragata page out of, of, of a crowd. And, uh, his character designs and his world building and his, uh, uh, it's just all phenomenal. It, um, he can make talking heads look great. He can do action. Um, you know, the stuff when they go to the desert and, and, uh, and they fight, uh, they fight, uh, Wolf's, um, uh, you know, Wolf's dad. I forget yeah. his name. It's the whole thing. It's just insane. I mean, when the when when the beast is, comes or when they meet the oracle, it, just every image and character just sticks in my mind as being unique. And uh, I just uh, this was for me the year uh, that, that Nick Dragata uh, ascended to the top of the heap. So, and I'm seeing who you guys picked, and I can't front on them either. I just, uh, but but again, for me, the artist that got me most excited this year. Um, uh, amongst a, a dozens that get me excited is uh, is Regatta. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I had he drawn more issues of um of Avengers World, and the issues he did draw were absolutely gorgeous. I, I had a Marco Cicchetto was real close mm. to winning this for me. Mm. I I told you guys. I think a week or so ago. I just I want him to storyboard my life. I don't care what it is. I could be driving <laughs> to school. I could be I could be going down to the kitchen. I just I need he I I love the man's 
artwork and and it's 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 gorgeous to look at and um he he made avengers world so enjoyable um but uh, this is where I finally get to give Miss Marvel some love, and mm-hmm. it's it's Adrian Alfona for me. It, it, I, it big fan when when he was penciling Runaways, uh, but this is just something very independent, the European esque. It's just it it looks different than what he's done in the past, and it's uh, it, it's so fitting for a book like Miss Marvel with this new character and and. Um, with powers that, that, that she's discovering. It's, I, I'm glad that, uh, that he's drawing books and, and, and drawing a book like Miss Marvel. So that's it. I thought about everybody. Yeah. Kev Walker on, on new Avengers. There have just been so many well-drawn books this year, but, um, it, it's Miss Marvel just looks amazing. And, and it's because of him. Well, you guys looked at the spreadsheet. I was going to be lazy <laughs> gonna be. And, and and go with the old standby, but that approach doesn't win any points with anybody. I was going to say Mark Buckingham <laughs> because I, I think few approach that man's uh, skill. But um, uh, fortunately, one this year did. And it's basically on the strengths of one issue. I gave it to Paulo Rivera. Yeah, you did. For his work in The Valiant, number one. I, I, I don't think we've, we've really have a handle on the magnitude of that book. That, that's gonna, I, no, seriously, that's gonna go down as a classic. In well, ten years, you're gonna look back at, at The Valiant, number one, and just say, my god. What's really what cool about movie? Rivera is that, uh, he's completely changed his style to make himself commercially viable. Yeah, you know, he was a, he is I shouldn't say was he is an a, an amazing painter, mm-hmm. but he was limited to um, prestige format type of limited series or one shots because of that. Right, and um, I, I heard him on an interview some time ago. I think it was Suntress, but I don't remember if it was someone else. Pardon me, but and he said, "Listen, I just I want to make a living in this business, and I I I I, I couldn't paint." my way into making a living because just couldn't couldn't do it frequent couldn't do enough work and and so he he started from scratch and had to actually teach himself once he was already in the business to draw on a monthly or a six-week schedule and uh and he did it and and while it looks completely different than his painterly stuff it's it's as you as you are appropriately noting it's gorgeous and uh that's a hell of an accomplishment it is it is uh, favorite anchor or pencil slash anchor. And I had, um, I had the usual suspects. I had Von Gorman Badger. I had, uh, Dexter Vines. I had Chris Somney for the penciler and anchor category, but I did go with an actual penciler anchor. And that, um, was because he really made, uh, this book special because I, I can't, really imagine anyone else drawing deadly class but i went with mr west craig that's a great choice well if you've been paying attention i hope and you've seen or heard how many times i mentioned fatal <laughs> and uh fade out the fade out the fade out yes i gotta give it to sean phillips 
um, the the level of artistry in his stuff is just mind-boggling. To think that that a human being could could render those beautiful image images panel after panel and uh, it's it's just stunning stuff. Um, and kudos to Image for putting that stuff out, mm. man. It just it just makes my day when I when I gaze upon that beautiful stuff. Nice, Aww. yeah. Everything I said about the last category holds for this one as well. Mm. <laughs> um, in terms of there's just so many awesome options. So I had to go with my heart here. Um, uh, the, the two guys who, who have probably overtaken Jimmy Chung for me in terms of when I look at their art, I just get excited no matter what it is that they're drawing are, uh, Rafael Albuquerque, who's a former winner in this category for me, <laughs> and Mateo Scalera, who is another former winner in this category for me. And, um, just by, Albuquerque's awesome, but he, he didn't do that many interior issues this year, and he did a lot of covers. Um, Mateo, though, did a big, big chunk of Black Science this year, and uh, as we already mentioned, I, I and David has seen in person, I can't go to Mateo's table at Essential Sequential and not come away with at least a page. It's impossible. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, a tractor beam. I just I see his art in person, and I just I, I go apeshit for it. So. This is a year where I gotta give my favorite pencil or inkler to Mateo. Because, uh, um, and, and he's one of those guys along with Asomni or, or Gabriel that, uh, that I think it's important to recognize them in this category versus the other in the sense that their inks are so awesome and, and such a big part of what makes their work special. So. True that. Even when it's all over his hands. <laughs> For real. <laughs> he is a messy dude. He's a that's mess. okay. Uh, wow. Favorite writer. This was difficult. <laughs> uh, do I go with Remender, Brubaker, uh, Lemire, Kent? It, it was a really tough choice. But, um, I ultimately gave it to a man who not only worked wonders at Marvel, producing what is arguably, um, one of the most complex and engrossing, um, well, I was going to call it an Avengers story, but it's more than that. It, it's Marvel Universe story. Or, and he also is, is knocking me dead with his creator owned work at Image. Uh, not the least of which is East of West. I gave it to Jonathan Hickman. Hands down the winner. Truth. Yeah. Truth. Cannot, cannot front on that. And he was, he was my other choice. Um, uh, and there's a reason I didn't pick him, which will become evident in a few minutes. Instead, I, I went with uh, Rick Remender. Um, uh, and, and I, I, I want to explain here on this one because, um, uh, Rick was at the helm of Axis. And I think it's fair to say that we all weren't fans of it. Uh, it's just, just laying it out there. And, and so I, I thought about him and, and Jason Aaron was, was at the helm of original sin this year. And, and I think we all weren't really fans of that either. And I thought to myself, is, is, is helming an event that leaves us cold enough to knock them out of the running? Cause I think what differentiates them from Hickman this year is that, uh, uh although in most of infinity happened last year, the, I think the end of infinity was early this year and, and Hickman stuck the landing. 
But I, I ultimately decided to go with Rick um, because even if I wasn't a big fan of, of Axis per se, the dude was mad prolific this year on top of that, and, and so much so that he didn't go to any cons this year because he, he wanted to just concentrate on putting out work. And every other thing he did was was among my favorites this year. Uncanny Avengers was phenomenal. Um, it, it was just just terrific, and it, it especially the last arc with with the Apocalypse Twins, just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Uh, I've already given tons of praise to Black Science. Um, Vince shouted out Low for the covers, but Low, another terrific um, uh, image book that Rick's putting out. David mentioned Deadly Class again, a completely different type of book than than the others that I've mentioned, but still phenomenal. And um, uh, and then he he capped the year, but I mean he's still doing all those image books. Then he capped the year with um, relaunching all new Captain America, which has been great so far. I mean, legitimately great. He's taking one of my favorite characters, putting a new spin on him, and uh, put and and putting him in a really heroic action pack light. So, to me, Remender did he did sci-fi, he did slice of life, he did action, he did superhero. He did it all this year, and he did it really well. And he did it all at the same time, which is damn hard to do. So, um, so I, uh, I am giving my favorite writer to Rick, Rick Remender. All very valid reasons. Uh, I, because of, um, you're right, you know, because it, it, one, Maybe editorially heavy-handed event um, shouldn't detract from 99% rest of his output, which is stunning. Um, I, I, but because of that, um, if if Axis didn't exist, if Original Sin didn't exist, it it would have been a much tighter race for me. I I went with Hickman because he, um, in my mind, he did not have a misstep like Axis, Original Sin. There was Infinity, but everything else he did, whether it's Avengers, New Avengers, mm. um, working with Spencer on, on Avengers World, and then doing East of West and, and Manhattan Projects, and it, it's just, Hickman has just been, um, everything he's done for me has has just been gold. And, and um, big fan of Uncanny Avengers, big fan of, of the, the class, obviously, and Huge fan of Southern Bastards. I'm enjoying Men of Wrath. I think um, the two Thor series have been great. Um, and uh, I, I just, there have been some really good writers. Slot wasn't in the running for me this year because it's really only been Spider-Man and, and Spider-Verse. And, and so he didn't have the, um, he didn't spread himself out there like, the other writers that I, I was eyeballing did, but, uh, no, for me, it, it's, it's Hickman this year. That's, he wrote a lot of the, he was, he consistently wrote the, uh, the books that I, I was mm-hmm. a fan of and, and I, I wasn't let down by anything he wrote. It's interesting. I think, uh, fairly or unfairly, we do weigh volume into the writer category, right? In the sense that, Generally, we we give it to someone who's done more than one thing in a year that we liked, um, and, and that's certainly how I approach it. Generally, so I, I, I'm not 
but it is interesting as I think through it. We we generally do tend to to discount someone like a slot or like a pope or a cook who maybe put one awesome thing out, but that's about all. You know what I mean? Yes, I absolutely uh, agree. Well, the next category uh, we have three left, folks. So thanks for hanging with us. And uh, the the next one is our favorite publisher. And uh, look, I'm not going to front. This one was a no brainer this year, uh, and and one of our other clean sweeps. Uh, it was Image. Uh, Ron, you can mail us the check. You know where to. Uh, but no, seriously, it's. Uh, I mean, look at all the books we've talked about tonight. Um, while they're not exclusively Image, the majority of them have been. Uh, it's it's Image continues to be on just. A pheno- it's a fun. Pheno- they've been a phenomenal story, really, for the the entire time we've done the show. Um, they they have con- continued to strengthen their position in the industry. And, uh, they really are the haven now for creator owned work. The, uh, the Kirkman manifesto, if you will, is uh, a living, breathing reality at this point. And, uh, while certainly I understand those who say that, um, there's lots of image books that maybe aren't for them. I think that's exactly the point. You will not find, uh, and again, we're fans of Fanagraphics and, and No Brow and, and, and Top Shelf and Oni and, and, uh, uh, picture box and, and, and the like, but you will not find a publisher today that puts out the breadth of work that these guys do that cover the gamut in terms of genres and approaches and creator types. There's just no one even close to them. It, there really is not a single comparable in the business right now that puts out as many varied, but yet high quality works. And, uh, you know, hat tip to Eric Stevenson and hat tip to the founders and, and that Ron guy and all those other people involved. But, uh, yeah, just, I, I don't know how I could have conceivably given it to anybody else this year. Very true. Yep. I doubt we'll get that check before the next 11 o'clock. Or so, <laughs> knowing, knowing Ron. We'll take it in goods. Yeah. But <laughs> you're right. Hands down image. Yeah. Absolutely. You're up for comic of the year, David. Am wow! I'm up for all the all the ones, the ones you left blank. Blank. Um, Shooting blanks. That's not the note. The uh, <laughs> the big enchilada for me. You know what? It was a um. It's now it's just it, it's getting repetitive. Um, the book returned this year, 2014. Huge return. Um, it is. Uh, it it's. It's amazing Spider-Man. It, it just, it feels right, dude. If it's like a glove, it should be your pick. It, it, it just, you know, the slots, it, it brought Peter back and, and leading into Spider-Verse and, and I'm enjoying Spider-Verse to no end. And, and I it just, just the little things here and there. It's, he's slots having fun with the character. I'm having fun reading the character. I, uh, I, I, that, that, that is, that's, I, I think about it and, really isn't much to think about it. It's amazing Spider-Man for me. Nice. Well, I haven't really given any love to either the book or the creators for the, the entirety of the Oscars for this reason, because it was a jaw dropper. (laughs) Um, it, it just completely stunned me. It was one of those, Oh shit moments that I can't recall getting from, from any other book. Uh, at least to the degree I got from this one. Uh, the, the creative team had the confidence in the story to 
lead you down one direction for the better part of four issues only to pull the rug out from under you yep. and and take you in a totally different direction, uh, similar but different direction. Uh, I am talking about Jason's Aaron and Latour, and the book in question is Southern Bastards. That is my comic of the year. Hells to the year. Yep. Yeah, it was my runner-up. Cool. Uh, just a, yep, like you said, it's phenomenal. For me, uh, the comic of the year is uh, is equivalent to my favorite ongoing series. It's East of West. It's the book that I was most excited to read as it came out. It was the book that I reread three times, and you guys know I rarely reread things. Uh, it's the book I'm most looking forward to the next segment of it. Uh, just, just really a book that I almost felt like was tailor made for my interests. So, um, uh, really a pretty easy choice for me this year. East of West. Yeah. I considered East of West, Mm -hmm. but, and then I, I imagined East of West and Southern bastards getting into a fight. And while East of West carefully considered each and every move of the fight, Southern bastards would run in, rip its throat out, piss on the corpse (laughs) and leave. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because that, that's just that type of book. It's visceral, where East of West is carefully, con- it, it, it's, it's cerebral. Sure. And it's, you know, so I had to go with my gut and, and take the, 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 the ball punch. Mm-hmm. And our last and final category. And I get to do it. Our last and final sweep. This is amazing. Creator- First time ever, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. As Jason said, it was a sweep. Creator of the year. <laughs> it's pretty rare when we're all unanimous. First on time, like I said. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Hickman. Yep. This was his year, man. Yes, it was. It was. I, I think judging by what we're being told, uh, from Secret War, uh, if, if everything pans out the way it seems to be going, uh, in tandem with the image stuff, I think we may have a repeat performance next year. We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm actually yeah. saying it's Aaron's year next year because of the Star Wars stuff, but. Okay. That's fair. So there you have it, everybody. The two, Oh, one, four, eleven o'clockers. Yep. All wrapped up and ready to go. I mean, for, for the Hickman thing, it's like, I, I thought about it and I thought, the dude's writing my favorite Marvel book, books. The dude's writing my favorite image book. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how else, I don't know how I couldn't give it to him. It's like, my two favorite publishers, my favorite books, each publisher, it's like a slam dunk. Yeah. Don't forget, the man behind God is dead. And Manhattan Projects, another book I <laughs> yes. didn't really shout out today, but 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 is not not for lack of quality. Unbelievable. Yep. There you go. And there you have it. There's the there's the 2014 in the books. Another year. Thanks to everybody for, uh, you know, continuing to be a part of the community and and uh, ascribing some some measure of value to our opinions, which continues to amaze me seven years in. Right. And if you're saying to yourself right now, man, they read a lot of different titles. How can I afford to read all those books? Well, there's one answer. <laughs> That's discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Segway ever. I know. From Dynamite, Black Cross number one, J, uh, Warren Ellis, Colton Worley, $1.99. Dark Horse, Frankenstein Underground, Mike Mignola, Ben Stenbeck, 
$1.75, and the High Exalted Mystic Ruler of all hardcover box slipcased books, The Secret Wars Battle World Box Set Slipcase Hardcover, $250. Never going to find it cheaper anywhere, so get it now. It's only going to go up in value. Um, in your travels, I was reluctant to buy this book, but the Scotty Young print lured me in. So I took a chance. I bought Star Wars number one by Jason Aaron and uh, Cassidy. And I was not disappointed. It was very good. Um, it plays by the, the rules. Uh, I think Aaron hit all the, you know, he punched all the right buttons. And it, it takes place right after the destruction of the Death Star, pretty close to it. But no, I thought it was great. And um, it, it, it's a Cassidy we haven't seen in a while. So whatever you want to, wisdom you want to take out of that, you do it. But I thought it was very good. So I'm in, at least for the the time being. I'll uh, I'll read it for next week. Um, I have a In Your Travels. You can, I have not read this. I, I, I have the, uh, I have the five issues to read. Um, so for those that, for anybody who wants to read along with it, uh, it is the Tower Chronicles book two, uh, by Matt Wagner and Simon Bisley. It is, um, it is, yeah, five, five well, five issues that, uh, that I have. I don't know if it's only five issues. I know that all five are available on, uh, on Comixology. So it's Tower Chronicles, book two, uh, Dreadstalker. And I will, uh, I should have that read for next week. I'm looking forward to it. I, I enjoyed the first, uh, first book a lot. So I'm, I'm hoping that this is more of the same. Nice. And if you want to get a taste of, uh, our unanimous pick for favorite publisher of the year, and, uh, for some reason you've been living in a cave and haven't tried this stuff already, you can go to humblebundle.com backslash books. In your travels, go to the, this month's comics bundle is image firsts. And it includes Alex and Ada, the first five issues, Deadly Class, the first six issues, Cal, five issues, Elephant Men, five issues, Minimum Wage, six, God Hates Astronauts, the entire first volume, Genius, the first volume, Satellite Sam, the first volume, hmm. The Walking Dead Compendium. So if you're, if you haven't here. read The Walking Dead yet, you've got 48 issues of that included. You've got <laughs> East of West the World, which was almost David's pick for best single issue. You've got the first 18 issues of Saga, which, uh, definitely one of the best books on the shelves for the last few years. You've got the first 10 issues of Manhattan Projects. The first volume of Wicked and Divine. First volume of Fuse. First volume of Velvet. First volume of Sex Criminals, uh, the first issues of Witches, Fade Out, uh, first volume of Shudder, Southern Bastards, Stray Bullets, Nailbiter, and the most recent trade of Walking Dead, volume 22. All for, 
you can get all of that if you're willing to pay 15 bucks. And uh, if you're willing to pay anything less than that, you get about half of that. So it's a no-brainer if you're not already steeped in image like we are. It's an absolute no-brainer. You can't even buy the Walking Dead compendium for fifteen. Yeah, you, you, I, I pity the fool who doesn't try this out at least and see what's up. Even if you only like a, a tenth of the books I just named, you're getting your money's worth and then some. Hell, Deadly Class alone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I didn't know about humblebundle.com backslash books. Nice. I pity the fool. Look mighty cute in them jeans. So thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you for um, spending this uh, 11 o'clockers with us. We'll be back to business next week with the same old, same old going over uh, what we've read for the week. And we hope, we pray that you will join us because there's one reason and one reason alone why we do this. And as David says, it's because we love you. So come back. Yes. Yes. Stay- Tell them good <laughs> Tell them good night, David. <sighs> we didn't stumble over anything for the entirety of the eleven o'clockers, and then we piss it up at the end. Well, one might as well do it at the end. I guess. But uh, yes, good, good, good night, David. Ah, that was that was touching almost. Oh, uh, good night, people. Stay gold, boy. <laughs>